Holy shit, welcome to... This is really going to be an episode of the Broom Boys, but... Uh, <clears throat> welcome to the House of MTBG. I am Guy. And I am Buddy. Oh, god I damn. Did my, I did my serious deep that was voice deep. there, because like this that. is... This is serious fucking business tonight, people. The most and serious business of all. Seriously serious. Serious beyond seriously serious business. I, do, uh, I, I did it too. Holy shit. Okay, so... Whoa, whoa. Let's hold, um, pull the reins, because we got a little bit to go over first. Yeah, yeah, because... Um, yeah, when we, when we hit Broom Boys... Um, oh... Yeah. So anyway, shit's gonna we'll, explode. Uh, we're not uh, trying to bury. We're not trying to bury the lead. We just want to clean up our other, our other business and other subjects before we get. Because uh, we really know you're cracking. excited about it too. They're all oh, out there. Yeah. They want to know. I mean, rarely, if ever, have we recorded same day. Um, but we had to. We had to record same day. Um, you know, obviously, episode eight. Uh, final episode of season two of The Mandalorian uh, hit today. And, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, hit pause. Go and watch it. Um, Wait, hold on. We got, no, well, no this no, no, is no. going to be a spoiler-laden freaking episode. Yes, so should we give them just a second before, you know, at least at least well, let no, them start I mean, the episode? We're, we're going we're gonna to do our, our other stuff first, I'm just saying. <laughs> Instead of, bur- Wait, no. instead of burying the lead, I'm just trying to give a heads up that this oh, is going seriously. to ruin the hell out of the episode if you haven't watched it. Um, so don't listen if, yeah, don't, do yeah, not listen so, if you have not watched it at all. So yeah, hit pause, go watch the episode, come back. Uh, but uh, first, uh, I know I have something I wanted to talk about, but did you have something that you wanted to kick off the show with? Uh, well, first, let's uh, give a moment uh, to, oh, let's see. Oh, God damn. My, uh, with everything going on, his name has slipped my mind. The actor that played Boba Fett. Oh, um, yes. The, uh, the original actor that played Boba Fett uh, passed away, uh, what, two days ago now? It's Jeremy been... Bullock. Jeremy Bullock, yes. Yes. Um been been a couple uh, days and but you know definitely obviously uh Tamara's playing him now but yeah this is the guy that first wore the armor first two episode well episode 2 and 3 and and the holiday special yes and the hol- how how could i forget the holiday special fuck Oh, uh, so yeah. you know, so, um, rest in peace. He he made like he was making uh, appearances at Comic Cons all the way up until I think it was even a couple of years ago, and he was only seventy five. Uh, yeah, yeah, I uh, I actually saw him at a con. I didn't um, I didn't stand in line and uh, and pay the money to meet him. Uh, that's not something I typically do. I will. I'll stroll through the. Kevin the alley. Smith is a total exception, and I well, understand why, dude. No, the Kevin Smith thing was is I paid to go to the his live showing of Jane Silent Bob reboot, and I figured if I'm going, I might as well buy the VIP package, right? And make, well, yeah, make a I thing know. out of it. it but wasn't that's what a, I mean. 
that's it wasn't like, a convention. Um, still, but like, if you're gonna pay the money to meet somebody, convention or otherwise, it better be a fucking you know a, a deal. It's got to be a deal. That's well, a deal. I, it's it's. I'm satisfied for the most part, just being like, oh, well, I'm hey, in a big deal, like you know, it's ma- that like guy. fanfare. No, I understand. I'm just trying to. I'm I'm trying to make a point here, or I'm trying mm-hmm. to make my point. Um, like I will walk through that area of a convention and be like, oh, hey, there's Henry Winkler. I was like 15 feet from the Fonz, you know, but it, like the line to actually meet him was like 90 people deep. But he was awesome because a lot of these guys sit behind their tables and just sign their, their promo headshots or whatever. And then that's it. He Not was to be out- offensive, dude, but 15 feet, I could have slung him with a, you know, a big old, I could have slung him with a shot, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Fifteen no. feet. I can go. I can. I can hit fifteen feet if if I'm good and excited enough. And Henry Winkler, dude, I'd be excited enough. I know I would be. Yeah, I mean, but there, there he was. He was out in front of his table, literally giving every single person FaceTime and chatting with them before taking pictures and signing stuff. I heard uh, he's super friendly. He, he like, is he's super crazy. friendly. I, I, I watched him for about five minutes, and I was he seemed like the nicest guy Straight on up. the planet. Have you and seen then, their show, like, uh, Better Late Than Never? Him with yes. him and Shatner? Oh, God yes, damn, dude. Yes. I love that show. And George Foreman and yep. all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I'll walk around because it's like there's Henry Winkler. There's Adam West and Burt Ward. Uh, there is Billy D. Williams, uh, John Reese Davies. I've seen a bunch of these guys at conventions, but I've, I've never paid to, um, to meet them. And, you know, maybe that'll change going forward. It's just when I go to a con, it's typically, I like to go hunting for things that I like. I'm digging for toys and comics and stuff like that. I'd be Um, trying to figure out how we can get a press pass because if we could get even an freaking interview with just even a a bit character you know it's like i would be freaking hot Uh, heaven man well you know here's the thing is podcasts are considered journalism now so it's actually easier than you think except at the bigger ones like san diego and new york you have to i think you can't just be like i have a podcast that has like one listener and it's your your sister and, you know, they're not going to give that guy a press pass, I don't think. But uh, I think it's some of the other ones. It's it's very easy. And I think some of these people are very accessible um, because it, there is cons are everywhere. COVID aside, you next year when everybody is vaccinated come the summer or most of us are vaccinated and these cons start happening again. I mean, access is fairly easy and you don't always have to pay for it um you know it's just like anything else i think you probably for an interviewer to request an interview you'd probably have to contact a publicist and be like hey this is who i am this is what i do this is what i would like and then and you know and then it's probably up to them um but anyways i i give it a shot next come coming next year yeah a podcast you guys listen to right now well they do they do four a year in um in pittsburgh so um you know hopefully somebody amazing shows up 
Because, like, we were this last summer, my my closest Comic-Con in Altoona, Pennsylvania. It's called the Sci-Fi Valley Con. Um, the gal that played the armorer in season one of The Mandalorian was going to be there. And I was going to try to interview. And then COVID and... Right, dude. Oh, there were so many freak at the Seattle, at the Emerald City Comic-Con, dude. That was going to be... There were so many lined up just across all the star wars um novelists oh, yes, dude. artists to actors a, and it was going I'm, oh. I'm oh dude i am jealous of emerald city plus you guys get the acme comic con there too and that mm-hmm. one gets a lot of big people as well and um and in everett there's funko yes the funko headquarters that would be a good place for you to make a trip to to try to do an interview Oh, um, dude, I I've been there a couple times, but it's like I I, I don't know. I you can't stop. I need to go it, the next time I'm. You home. do. You definitely. We we'll, we'll make it. We'll make a point of it to go and see if we can't uh, line something up because, dude, it's really, it's fun. It's cool <laughs> for uh uh just a pop store. I mean. It's a big deal. There's so many different displays. The the Marvel one that they had going on there was just just really cool. I got uh, Brass Stanley. It was, yeah. I, I oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, but but totally. hey, so so back to Jeremy Bullock for a second. I yeah. mean, I know we um you know we're like oh he's Boba Fett. He was the guy that wore the armor. Yeah, that's true. But he had a hundred and nine acting credits. And there's two from 2016 and 2015 that are really interesting. Yeah. One's called Tale of a Time Lord, where he played a character named Robert Boba Fett. <coughs> and then there's a movie called a short, and these are short movies. Another one called Bullock Fett, where he played Boba Fett. So I'm, I don't know what those movies are all about. Huh. But, uh,. He did. He was in something called the Mandalorian Legacy as Speeder Race VIP Spectator. Uh, he was on Law and Order UK. I didn't wasn't know that was a he, thing. Wasn't he? Didn't he have a cameo or something like that in Revenge of the Sith or something? He played. I was just about to get to that. He oh, played. Um, well, I mean, this is this is what you do. You you seem to know what I'm about to read, and you ask the question. I read your um, mind. You I'm do. like, it's ESPN. He was in no, another. Wait. He was in another short movie called Order of the Sith Downfall, where he played a character called Commander Marcus. In Revenge of the Sith, he played Captain Colton, which I'm assuming is a clone, um, mm. one of the clone troopers. Uh, okay. He was in a lot, and I mean a lot, of British television. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're I I am not seeing a any massive gaps in his acting going through the timeline. He was always doing something. Um, most of it in England. Uh, he was in Octopussy. He was in a James Bond movie. He played Smithers. Um, nice. Man, that's a, a great name. Return, Return of the Ewok video short from 1982. So he actually has... Christmas a, special? Christmas a, special? I'm not there yet. Um, <laughs> but he actually has quite a few Star Wars appearances beyond just the two that we were familiar with. 
played nice. Smithers in for your for your eyes only. So that's another Bond movie he was in. Um, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Uh, he was in The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, wow. Yeah, he, the uh, the holiday special is not listed in his credits. Interestingly enough. I wonder if he was not in the armor for the he holiday special. He might not special. have been. He might not have been. Shame on you, whoever cast that yeah. marvelous piece of history. But, uh, I mean, with the briefest amount of screen time, he created a character that became an absolute legend that lives on to this very day. So, uh, thank you, Jeremy Bullock. Uh, you'll never be forgotten. Neither will your work. Now go have fun in a galaxy far, far away. He's but not too far, spaceship. I hope. Not too far, I hope. Yeah, you get what I mean. It's yeah. like, enjoy the next... Enjoy whatever comes next. Enjoy your rest. You earned it. Yeah. You haven't taken a day off since... Hang on, I'm going... Since 1957, he hasn't had a day off. Damn, so, 75, dude. And yeah, yeah, and he started acting in 1958. Wow. And acted all the way up to 2016. So, yeah. Damn. That, that gentleman has earned his rest, for sure. Big time. Take a break. All right. So, so yeah, we, I mean. Moving on from that, though, okay. Now let's, God, can let's we lift go. This- can we go a freaking week without no. losing somebody? Fucking 2020. I mean, it's like there's been some redeeming qualities from in my personal life, right? Uh, for 2020. Uh, but overall, what a fucking year, dude. Fuck yeah, 2020. I, I mean, what was it? What was the year that we just kept losing celebrities? What what year did Carrie Fisher die? 2016. Something like that. I do. That was I, the year that took and took and took and never stopped. Like, it was what, David Bowie died, like, December 30th or something? Like, that was how we ended that year? Yeah. It was, like, yeah. we thought we were getting out, and, like, Carrie Fisher died, and then Debbie Reynolds died, and then, like, David Bowie died? Like, yeah. Which, okay, and, right, uh, David Bowie and, David Bowie and, um, Bing Crosby, right? Oh, dude, Bing Crosby's been dead a long, long time. No, 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 no. They, they but that Christmas song, the little drummer, uh, little drummer boy, and I don't know what the other name is. They, it's a mix-up. One of my favorite fucking songs, dude. Oh, I'll, I'll uh, have to. I'll, I'm songs. sure I've heard it, but I'll have to to Google it. Yeah. Use yeah. the old Google machine and see what I can find. Googler. Google. You know what? Re- you know, a <clears throat> bit of trivia about me. When I was a little kid. Back then, when I when when I say this, we're talking way back, because what that was would have been probably like between five and eight years old, so thirty two, thirty five, thirty six years, right? Right, right. Puts us, puts us right in early eighties. So keep in mind, zero internet, nothing like that has ever. So my favorite stuffed animal that I had was a goddamn like fluffy plush duck thing that and I loved it because not only was it soft and cuddly but you could grab it by like the head and the beak and like pulverize people with it. Like Oh yeah. So it was like a, a mace. It's a cuddly and a weapon. I mean, yeah. 
That's <laughs> ideal, really. I mean, that's right. what you should be going for in everything. Like it's like you just grab it and you can get the you could get the eyes like in between your fingers so you really wouldn't lose any grip on it. And then you could just like fling this thing and because it was like it it was the duck like a duckling kind of shape. So it had the long neck and then a fat butt with two little feet off the end, right? So oh, you yeah, could, it that's was like ideal for clubbing. That's right? a lot of that's a lot of leverage. Oh, dude, it was it was my fit. Fuck a pillow. I grabbed my fucking stuffed animal. Anyway, I named it Googles. And and now it's like I find great pleasure in that because obviously, well, like I read your mind, I read the universe. Oh, man. But uh, we but do that did, in the show, though. But you didn't buy stock. OK, well, you, you got to. You, I sh- <laughs> just because i do this does not mean that i have i i use it i don't utilize it ever because i don't actually ever believe that i do it it's just i find the coincidences and i just merely find them entertaining ah, you're you're a kid you got a lot of time to figure this shit out Do-do-do-do. a lot of time right? <sighs> uh, a lot of time. so so moving on from that little brief note of guy and you know how guy how, guy and googles guy and googles dude um, i don't know if my my mandalorian my stanley mandalorian thermos of coffee is gonna hold out i've been up since 4 a.m my time um, dude but uh, i had to go to work early and i wanted to i wanted to watch a certain television oh. program before i went so i got up early to make because i didn't know how long it was going to be so i gave myself plenty of time uh, and but anyways, dude, it was anyways. worth it. Was huge. Oh, anyway, yeah, no, we got to go. Uh, you have Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I do have Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven on my Xbox Series X, uh, which I am having a very good time with, uh, and I'm not really encountering much in the way of uh, bugs and glitches. It's it's fairly stable for me. There are moments, um, nothing. Uh, game breaking or or game costly like I don't I don't I'm not having any issues and I'm enjoying the game a lot um, I might be one of the few though based on the last two days worth of internet reports uh, the interwebs is alive people have uh, revolted it is about the only word I can think of, and on on PlayStation and Xbox. Over- I watched one where some dude just kept throwing like bodies on like dead bodies on cars that weren't moving or doing anything, and next thing you know, they were like exploding, and it like they were taking damage from these bodies regularly, repeatedly. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, That's it was like it was weird. Anyway, obviously you have not experienced that. No, but I've also haven't thrown bodies onto cars. I, when we're done recording, I might go see if I can replicate that. All right, um, you'll have to let me know. But so the the experience that players on PC and PS5 and Series X is not mirrored on the lesser console generations or the now older past console generations uh the game is fairly unplayable 
on pretty much anything other than a PC, a Series X, and a PS5. Uh, to the point that Sony is offering refunds for the game. Well, they got in touch. I read an article that found, that said they even got in touch with uh, the uh, producer of the game. Because yeah, CD, CD Projekt Red. Uh-huh, because uh, it's originally uh, both Sony and uh, Microsoft uh, didn't refused refunds. So they got in touch with the publisher, and then the publisher told them, uh, get a refund from uh, PlayStation or Xbox. Um, and they took those statements and thus, and which I think basically led to where we're at now, I think, from what uh, I understood. Yeah. Um, essentially the, 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 the game is being, players are saying the game was falsely advertised. Um, and especially and I can see their point to an extent where the game was being developed for the previous console generation for years. And they released a product that isn't at this time really playable on the previous console generation. They are, CD Projekt Red, is promising to fix it. But in the meantime, if you choose, they, uh, Sony, Microsoft, and now Best Buy are offering refunds if you choose to get a refund um of course if you take the game back or do or take that refund you lose your license to play the game uh sony has taken the additional step of removing the, the game from their marketplace you can't even purchase the game anymore digitally on you can't PlayStation. Even find it can't like even searches aren't even bringing it up. You can imagine there is a way people are finding to get to the original game landing page, but the only thing they're finding there is a link to send it to the wish list. You can't buy it anymore. Um, it is still on the Xbox Marketplace as of the time of this recording. Um, you but can I buy think it Microsoft, on disc from a lot of places too. Yes, I mean, and you can go and copy. buy a physical copy for sure. Um, I, Microsoft, I understand has a pretty big, um, promotional deal for cyberpunk. So I doubt that they're going to be going to the lengths that Sony is in, in, in pulling support. I mean, it's a little impressive that so many places have offered refunds, um, cause that's almost unheard of in video games. I mean, especially in the physical side where right. you, you open it. I mean, you could have made a thousand copies, you know. Um, now, the the bright point of this story or side of the story, if there is one, this is it, is regardless of the game being removed for purchase from Sony, CD Projekt Red will continue to update the game on all systems simultaneously. In fact, I got a 15.09 gigabyte update when I fired mine up tonight. And uh, it definitely seemed uh, better. Like, it seemed more stable. It seemed like things were loading uh, a lot faster. Like, I was noticing my character's shadow a lot more where I don't think I was before. Um, plus, if you're on the newer console generation, uh, 
the Series X slash S optimizations are going to be coming at some point in 2021. Uh, so that should bring that game up to an even higher level. And CD Projekt Red is working to get the game playable on no matter what system you choose to pick it up for. Um, nice. I, I, I have faith in CD Projekt Red. They don't do anything small. Their games are big with a massive vision. Um, you know, their eyes are probably bigger than their stomach at first, but they, they are good about figuring it out. Um, so I have faith that they'll get this game up and running. I just hope that people uh, are willing to give it a second chance um, because it is a game that is definitely worth playing. And um, I hope it doesn't end up going the way of uh, Anthem or although Anthem is still being worked on, it's being rebuilt so it's it's not dead it doesn't have a fork stuck in it yet um or the avengers for that matter um kate bishop kate bishop didn't do much to improve uh that game's fortunes a lot of people raved about about it but overall i can't say say that it changed anything people went right back to cyberpunk or or destiny 2 or Mm -hmm. or valhalla or any a number of other games right um the the house of mtvg if you need to kill a couple hours i'm just saying oh yeah especially last episode where we broke our three hour mark which we i don't think we've done previously so it was the alarm. I gave the alarm. Mm-hmm. You know? So anyway, cyber Cyberpunk, um, the most anticipated game of the last few years, uh, stumbling out of the gate, but hopefully they find it. Does mean footing. Avengers has a chance, though? Ah, uh, does Avengers have a chance? I mean, yes. they stumbled. I, I, hey, if Cyberpunk is going to stumble, and that, I mean, that was going to be huge. So if they picked it up, picked up speed and really went crazy with it. I mean, hey, Avengers does Avengers does have a a window now that we thought was going to be closed. Mhm. Word. So, I mean, it's on them. It always has been, but it's up to them to take advantage and hit it hard, quali- guys. That quality of life update that has been talked about since October would be a big step in the right direction. Um with a Let's new character too. It. Let's With see if the they next take Hawkeye. it. Um, uh, right? Cross yeah, our fingers. Hawkeye. Hawkeye next, I guess. Um, so, and then I uh, suspect we'll get Black Panther, and then yeah, I suspect we'll Spider-Man get Spider Man after, after that. That that was the schedule. And then I will, of course, I'll hop back in for Spider Man, just I to got scope him out <laughs> because that's I why it. I bought it on PlayStation. Um, Agreed. I want to see what they do with him. It, it's. It, I'm, I'm as we've already established. Toby, Toby. I'm a big Spider-Man nerd. I mean, dude, it goes back even further than that. It's really we won't talk about it because anybody who grew up with me knows how freaky I was. So anyway, hey, do you want to play? Uh, who am I? Yes. Yes, it's your, <laughs> your turn to quiz me, I believe. All right, so. I think you're going to get this pretty easy. I really Uh-oh. do. Okay, well. All right. Um, God, that's but a lot we'll of But we'll cross pressure. our fingers. Right? That's a lot well, of pressure. it's because you're a god. 
No, at this no, game, no, you were like you that. walk on water or some shit like that. It's I, true. Uh, I have, for whatever reason, my mind retains uh, things that serve me little to no purpose. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. All right. Well, here you go. Ready? He. Is, we're gonna go with actor and television. Television actor. Okay. Boom. Male, Only sorry. television. This this yep. person's never well. Been okay. In a movie. No, has been in movies, but I, I best known for television. Best known for television. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay. He he's the kind of guy that you'd like to meet down at the fishing hole and have a beer with. Um, kind of guy you'd like to meet down at the fishing hole and have a beer with. Um, that could be any number of, of characters. So, um, give me the, give me the next one. He's a lawyer worth every penny of his fee. Um, a lawyer worth every penny of his fee who you could meet down at the fishing hole. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so... Television lawyers, I mean, obviously there's a bunch of them, but um, given those two hints, I am going to guess that you are referring to William Shatner playing Denny Crane? No. No, okay. No. Good Cause, Good guess, though. Because he was a fishing, he, he, he was a, a fisher man. He he was, but not not who I was talking about. Nope, nope. Okay. Wow, uh, that that was unexpected from the background. Whoa! Hold on, just a sec. Everybody okay? Okay. So everybody's good. Uh, that's good to know. All right. So third one. Boy, these hints are kind of vague, man. I know. I okay. So I they. I think they're going to make sense once we get the reveal. Well, sure, but they're supposed to make enough sense for me to have an idea of who to uh, of who to guess. You know, I'm a little. Anyways, especially after the hype, the hype. Right after the hype, after the hype, I threw on you. Okay, okay. Then I will. I we're gonna throw this in. This one. The next. Okay, the next one is could be. It's not gonna be making things a lot easier for you. It really won't. So, um, I apologize. He ended every show that people went to see him in with a, I appreciate it and good night. That yeah, was his dude, signature I, line. Nope. I have no idea. No clue. Okay. No clue. No clue. Ready? Private Leonard, Lor Leonard Lawrence received his nickname from okay, a character. So, you're talking about Vincent D'Onofrio. No, well, hold on. I, Private Leonard Lawrence received his nickname from a character that appeared on the guy on this man's show. It was his show. Okay, so Vincent D'Onofrio got played Leonard Lawrence. Played yes, played Leonard Lawrence in Full Metal Jacket, mm -hmm. and he got his nickname from a guy who appeared on his show. Yes, what was the nickname? <sighs> Private Pile. 
Yep, so, private pile. And, so and he what was do you private remember? Pile, and well, he he was given Gomer Pile. Ni- he was given that nickname from Arlie Ermy's character, uh, uh, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, in Full Metal Jacket, um, a movie that is almost well. Okay, to me. but right, right. And so the the nickname, where did it come from? Where where did it first appear? Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle first appeared on the Andy Griffith show. Ding, 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 ding. So it's that was Andy. Oh, he played uh, he played Matlock, didn't he? Matlock, the lawyer yes. worth every penny worth his uh, worth every whatever. And he also take down you know you got to take down your fishing pole and meet him by the fishing hole. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm putting it all together now. Um, I and never, the best, when you said, I never, when you said I never lawyer watched, with a fishing I never hole, watched, I'm like... Dude, I never watched Matlock. You never watched Matlock? No, oh, I never watched Matlock. And there's something wrong with me. I totally did. I loved yeah, Matlock. Yeah, I never, I never watched Matlock. Matlock not, and not, MacGyver. Not one, not one episode in my life have I ever watched Matlock. Oh, I'm aware of you it. Should, obviously, you should watch some Matlock. And who's got that kind of time? Who's got <laughs> that kind of time? Matlock. Okay, that, you on, didn't catch oh, that reference. That do you know what there? That was Simpsons. Anyway, hold on. But I want to go back to that third clue. So, okay, so he received his nickname. Okay, so instead. You were saying he, so I'm like, okay, what shows has Arlie Ermy been on? Because you said he received his nickname from a guy who's been on my show. You should have said or his, like from a character been on, in my a character, oh, the character my, on the show, a character oh, from my show. Because I'm like, you're he, right. He's like, dude, yeah. He said that's he, why I figured I, I should call him Private like, Pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. why I figured I should like make it give it to you because I did I made the clues a little bit harder this time I should have thrown in I was I was debating throwing in that for with that first clue throwing in the pole and the fishing hole and I think he would have got it like boom No probably not You don't think so No no that's I mean Andy Griffith dude I mean I've watched Andy Griffith dude I'm very familiar I've been to Mayberry I've been to Mount Airy right? North Carolina I've been to the town yeah I've Oh I been... don't doubt it I'm just saying I'm just I'm just saying Andy Griffith I mean that he was a, a kind of like uh to me growing up it was there was Andy Griffith and then you had Dick Van Dyke he was just one of those big names uh uh that almost that that the actor seemed really more relatable down to earth like beyond just the character on the tv they actually seem to embody the traits that they played okay you know so I, let me let me tell you a little story i'm not because, gonna say it's the truth well i mean just by all appearance. accounts andy griffiths was uh was a great person top to bottom in and out but let me tell you ron howard story. loves him yes well and i love ron howard um let me tell you a little story because I, I think what we're looking at here is a, a very simple difference in the locations of where you and I grew up. Because um, where you grew up in western Washington State, highly populated, uh, access to a lot of television channels and probably cable or satellite dish. I watched it on USA. 
You watched it on USA. Okay. Yeah. You you have you have been to the house I grew up in, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. We yeah. we had an antenna until I was in high school when we got a satellite dish. So I grew up. I had the local CBS channel out of Spokane, the CBS channel out of Lewiston, ABC out of Spokane. NBC out of Spokane and I had three PBS channels. That's all I had for television growing up. So if it wasn't if it wasn't on network television, I didn't mm-hmm. or PBS, I didn't see it. Right. Wow. So no, I, was I can't incredibly that. limited. I didn't that's watch good. I didn't watch Andy Griffith until we got a satellite dish. But I bet you par- read a lot parents, of fucking shit. Yeah, I did read a lot of shit, and I played a lot of Nintendo. Um, But, like, you know, once we got these all these channels, my parents were like, oh, hey, like, we would watch uh, Nick at Night, I think, back when it was, like, I Love Lucy and Happy Days and things like that. Green Acres. uh, Yeah, I think, too. I think that was on there, too. Um, But that didn't come until I was a teenager. Like, they would Mm -hmm. watch The Honeymooners, and I on you know and whatnot so oh dude i watched that shit that was good shit that was, i i enjoyed it i i enjoyed it um yeah no i yeah i watched i caught a lot of my stuff growing up you know like eight and up until the point i went away to college and then i can honestly say since college um i've had cable television that i've paid for i think once Maybe I want to say that I did because it it was there. I mean, it was there and bundled with your Internet, maybe. But I like unless if it if I didn't have somebody in the house that was using it, I just didn't use it. I never watched cable TV. I, I didn't pay for it. And then streaming came around and like I got Netflix when it was still on a fucking disc and have had it like some form of streaming since then and i i don't know like we would go to blockbuster and rent videos yeah we did that too we rented a lot i just never felt like after i think probably because i i i had it at my fingertips so much growing up and i i got rid of it some of it was also because of my communication courses at WSU um you you go through and you you, with the advertising ones and you learn exactly what's built into some of these like commercials you watch on tv and you realize just how much subliminal messaging and the different kinds of messaging and everything that they're using to influence your buy impulse um that i just was like i'm not even going to allow myself to be subjected to it i guess in some ways because i still i like i watch stuff now and i still am like i i can't stand commercial like commercials even good ones i'm i i don't know i like watching them once or twice but it's like after that they lose their novelty i guess i don't know yeah, it depends on the commercial. I don't, I I don't see commercials ever because I don't have live TV. 
I do all streaming, you know, Hulu and Amazon and Disney Plus and Netflix, whole nine yards. I never see commercials. I mean, to the point, I I pay extra so I don't get commercials on Hulu. So So there you go. And that's kind of it. It's like uh, there's a nice comfort in being able to avoid the marketing and the hype and feel like well, you're not bombarded I mean, by that, that you get enough of that on social media on twitter right? and facebook there's at like if you do a google search for something dollars to donuts when next time you're scrolling through your social media you're going to see an advertisement for something related to what you googled um, right that's it's just true. the way the algorithm works now but you know um good good round good uh good uh you you had me close to stumped there man if, well the if, last if, if not the last for your one, prodding if not for your prodding the last one was i worked with uh don knotts and ron howard yes i would have probably gotten it off of that um <laughs> i i, wait, I but, felt like that was like just as like <laughs> yeah i probably would have gotten it off of that especially the don knotts thing right because I mean, you know, but here's like the thing about like the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, that was a yeah. big cast. That right? had a lot of it. Had you know your your four core characters, but the supporting cast of characters was, was an massive. entire town. Was the entire town? Yeah. Um, okay, maybe not entire entire, but yeah, you yeah. I, yes, I mean yeah, it was a lot of people. You know, a lot of a lot of you know. You had your Otis and your Gomer Pyle, and you know, and all the the, the people gal, from different walks of life, and here the and gal there. who worked in the the diner or whatnot. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely would have gotten it by the time you got to you got to Don Knotts. Right, and, but yeah, and no, I knew- that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, the whole Denny Crane thing with the with the fishing hole, right? Yeah, like, hey, he, he he loved fishing and he was a lawyer. I mean, and I mean, he was it was a, a good guess. I that was like and, I, you know, I, and I gravitated towards Shatner because I we uh, talked about him earlier too. Well, well, we have, yeah, and he's oh. he's kind of in this hemisphere for what we uh, you know for well, well I mean, he's not kind of he's Captain Fucking Kirk. Right? Ah, oh, seriously. Seriously. So, another very, very much iconic uh, male actor. I should have, dude, I, I, when you with said... Star Trek he, when and you shit said, like that. When you actor. said he wasn't, he wasn't really in movies, I should have, I should have paid, I should have grabbed onto that a little harder. Um, right, right. I, and then, I, but then also when you started talking Gomer Pyle... I flashed when I flashed to Vincent D'Onofrio because uh-huh. he was on Law and Order. I think he was a cop, though. I don't think he played a lawyer, but like <laughs> I almost got hung up on Vincent D'Onofrio. See, it would have been I and like there's so many that it's like that to me. I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be such a great set of clues. And um, yeah, I, I really should have I really should have stuck in. You grab your fishing pole and head down to the fishing hole. And, uh, I, and you I might mean, not have got that, and then you would have been, you know, and maybe I should have gone like, uh, it wasn't until Grandpa yells me, his name on The it, Simpsons. It wasn't until you said 
like specific information that I was able to get it because the 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 vague general clues weren't helping me at all. Because like I said, they took me to Denny Crane. Right. Well, hey, you know, you you actually with the it, you knew uh, Gomer Pyle, Private Pyle. Um, you knew that, and so it was sort of like, oh, and crap, Private Pyle so. was played by Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> and it, yeah, right. And if I was like, but if and that was kind of like, had I had I asked. Well, what show that was kind of another would have been another gimme and where I could have gone and I knew is where what I was debating between the question would have been, should I add this extra layer to this onion question where you have to kind of peel the okay, he his nickname was Gomer Pyle. Where did Gomer Pyle come from? Uh, the Andy Griffith show. And that was like the layer of the question. Or should I just not make it layered and be like, um, Gomer Pyle was on my show um, kind of thing. And at that point in time, you would have been, boom, that came from, it's like you did. The minute you were like, well, what are going, that came from the Andy Griffith show. It's like, you didn't, that, that wasn't hard. Um, so that was kind of, that was, that was where it was sort of like, I could have made them so much easier. And I was just <clears throat> testing out, testing out exactly when you do, because I also tried riddle questions, kind of, you know, a little less, you know, factual about career and more like kind of embedded into some other major stuff. And I think that made makes it harder too to a, a degree. And so I think I'm gonna like next time try like a mix of factual with a mix of riddle like the first couple riddles and then from there start going with facts top three facts or something yeah i mean dude the game is the game is still pretty young you know we're we're sussing it out right we're figuring it out as we're playing but uh i will i will remember this for next week uh oh! When it's your dun, turn, dun, dun. it's okay. I I had a hard time with John Wayne, so <laughs> you're gonna I be mean, telling you us. You got it. You got it after on what the fourth? I mean, that's right. Like, barely, barely. It's like I mean, uh, but it's also just like with Andy Griffith. It was pretty dependent on you have you have to be familiar with that person. So like John right. Wayne, everybody, I mean, in one way or another, is familiar with him. Um, which is why I went with him because, like, he's still one of the most popular actors. Um, you so know, he's I'm, been dead since before you and I were born. I and totally know what I'm gonna do then. I, with what you're saying, I totally get like I'm totally going with like two riddle questions, like, and then because I obscure fact, like, like I gave, and then I'm going with two gimmies. I gave and, roles. I gave a role and then kind of a riddle. Role mm-hmm. riddle. Um, kind of. You did good. You did. You did good. Yeah. I'm. I'm just saying. I. I think I'm gonna go with that kind of strategy because, I. You know, it's like once you get to the gimme questions, it's like the two star, one star, like or two point, one point. I feel like those both should be a gimme. So even if you don't get the first gimme, it's like it's a handout on the the fifth one. So everybody, it's a like the the thing, the participation <laughs> trophy. You die. Well, yeah. I mean, you. I, you want to on that last question kicking my ass you want to be able to get it which is why like with my john wayne the last question was going to be true grit and at Mm -hmm. that point you were 50 50 is it jeff bridges or is it john wayne and you know true based based on the other 
things that I had asked, you know, John John Wayne would have been the most likely. Um, right. And, and had I just thrown in Ron, that's why I didn't want to just throw in Ron Howard. Why? That's why I was like Don Knotts, too, because Don Knotts is the biggest giveaway for Andy. Oh, Griffin. yeah. It no, just... completely. I'm I'm actually I think I'm a bigger fan of Don Knotts than I am of Ron Howard. And I'm, right. a, I'm a pretty good fan of Ron Howard. Um, so little known well, fact about Don Knotts real quick hmm. is a lot of people don't know that he was a United States Marine. He was a yeah. drill instructor. He's yeah. he's in the drill instructor hall of fame and his picture apparently is uh so it's him in his marine uniform, you know, with the with the Smokey the Bear hat. And uh apparently he's got the the wide-eyed uh Barney Fife look going on in that picture. Apparently it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, I think he you has, should, he you should be able to look it up. Sense of humor. Oh, Don Knox was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so okay, so, so. But that's not that's not who we're really we're not here to talk about John Wayne or Don Knotts or D'Onofrio or or Andy Griffith. Defoe or uh what are what are we really here tonight to talk about? We are here to talk about the Mandalorian season two, episode eight, season finale. The and rescue. Oh my god. The it rescue. rescued. It rescued dude you okay. Well, let's now. let's not hold on. Let's not let's not jump to the end real quick. Let's I'm not uh, I'm not gonna jump to I know, the end. I'm just I know saying we're excited. I know we're it excited. It rescued the fucking it, it just rescued the universe, man. Well, fucking I mean universe. that rescue. That's, that's kind of the end. That's kind Cabin of the end. Filoni, motherfuckers. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the end. Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm so I know I know I know, but but I I I would like to tell a story real quick. Yes, Um, because then I have a story story to follow up with. Um, you tell your story though. It's gonna. I can't. I'm excited. Pins and needles. So, I I got notified yesterday afternoon that uh, I was gonna have to perform a different task at work than I had anticipated. And so um, I was going to have to go into work earlier than I had expected. So knowing that today was Friday and that I was going to have to uh, watch the episode first thing in the morning before I went to work to avoid the internet spoilers that struck me down a few weeks ago with uh, our good buddy, Kevin Smith, uh, Letting his excitement. I actually haven't seen any. None. I didn't like mum has like been the word on the internet. I haven't seen a spoiler of it. Now maybe that's me just because I they were the right they places. were they were out there in but mostly in Twitter hashtags. Most people were being really good about it. Um it was just in the trending Twitter hashtags there were spoilers. Um, but some oh, and I of, avoided Twitter today. I didn't. I didn't open yeah. it. Well, some, but some of the people who watch such things put out warnings on their on their in tweets. They were like, "Hey, there's some hashtags trending about the Mandalorian, and if you don't want it spoiled, stay the fuck away until you watch the show." But anyways, so so pause and watch the show if you haven't yet. Yes. So, but back spoilers to my, are fucking incoming. Yes, but back to my story. 
So four o'clock in the morning, my Eastern Standard Time, my alarm goes off. I think about hitting snooze, but then I remember what time I have to go to work. And not knowing the exact length of the episode, I hopped out of bed. I grabbed my bathrobe. I made a gigantic cup of coffee. And I turned on The Mandalorian. And for the next 40 minutes, uh, was treated in witnessing one of the best episodes of a television show that I've ever seen. Uh, witnessing something that if it were put onto a big screen in a movie theater and they were charging me $20 to pay, I would go and see the show back to back, forking out the money every single time. Um, when I was done watching the episode at, hang on, I have the timestamp. 448. 4.48 a.m. my time. I picked up... I picked up my cell phone, knowing that uh, my amigo on the West Coast, my uh, my co-star, my podcasting partner, and one of my hetero life mates, uh, probably was awake because he doesn't sleep much. Uh, <laughs> I, and I sent the following texts. Bro, when you get this, immediately watch Mando. And I mean immediately. It was the single greatest thing I have ever seen in my life. I have been crying for 10 minutes. Also, there is an end credit sequence, so watch all the credits. Um, now, how, how often have you seen me cry or heard of me crying? Not, not often. Like, I want to say twice. Sure, not much. You know, dad passing yeah. away, son yeah, being like born, serious, things like serious, that. Like, I mean, they were serious fucking things. I uh, want to say twice, two, three times. Not like, much. Was... I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, a weepy person, although as, you know, after I had a, a kid, uh, it seems to come a little easier than it used to. Every time um, I watch a fucking kid's show, dude, and they do some, like, goody goody thing like everybody gets along and i'm like oh that's so pretty <laughs> yeah i uh, for me it's it's a lot I'm of um, now, dude if uh you know if it's something from my childhood that makes me happy um things of that nature uh like avengers endgame the big portal sequence um you know i mean stuff stuff Right. But, uh, you know, I'm I, a lot of people might consider me to be a, you know, a manly man. You know, I used to rodeo. I chew tobacco. I'm a gun guy. I'm a physically large guy. You know, I'm 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 not the I'm not the sort of person you'd look at and say like, oh, an episode of television makes him cry. But this episode made me cry. They and, they look at me and say that. And uh <laughs> it made Kevin Smith cry. It made a Dude. lot of it made a lot of grown men in their 40s, their 30s, their 50s cry. And um we will we will dive into our breakdown and in short oh. order get to why. And um, hey, can we also say something if you haven't checked out our Facebook page yet and noticed 
we goddamn did it again. And we'll yep. get more into that here in in the future uh, once we get through the show and we kind of get to the end. But I just want to give you a heads up. If you know what I'm talking about, s- sweet. Because if, you, if well, you've gotten this far in the show, uh, I expect people have watched the show. Yeah, don't um, hide it, dude. Tell them, tell them what you're talking about, man. Tell them, tell them the deal. We were fucking on with the the question I asked just before the show. Two days, two days before the show, three days before the show, two days. Anyway, the, I posited a question on the Facebook that said, "Are we gonna get a Mandalorian, the Mandalorian kind of series that doesn't cover just Din Djarin, but we get like the first two seasons are uh, Din Djarin?" story and then we get the next two seasons of like Boba Fett and the next two seasons or whatever of say Bo-Katan and well hold on hold on let's before we get super far ahead of ourselves um those those questions have been asked of the people in charge nobody has spoken up one way or another in the way of confirmation that that's how it's going to go that's it's very very speculated but it's not confirmed yet um that that the end credit sequence reveal is actually going to be hold on hold on mando season three what i will say though is we did get there was uh we've seen confirmation that mando season three is coming in december of 2021 yes which is what a lot of people are using to base that conclusion on. on Yeah, that yes, but there's there people are asking for clarification and nothing has come yet, so nothing is official. Um, so before I mean before we get too far ahead on that, um, we could be right in calling it. I, mean, I do we, have another, I have another theory on that, and we'll get to it once we clear the end credit scenes because, yeah. um, I I totally have a theory that kind of like contradicts that that what i just said and i could see both of them working so and you guys know us we go every which way with however we can speculate so um we'll get there but let's start out the freaking oh the rescue okay so how let's see where did we where do we start um well i mean it it, slave one is pursuing an imperial shuttle, um, you know, the, a shuttle type we've seen multiple times in Star Wars. Uh, I think it's called the Lambda class shuttle. Mm, um, I think so. And it's carrying the doctor from uh, the scientist, the nerdy guy that we saw in, you know, the first couple episodes of season one. Uh, he popped up in a message in uh, episode four. Four or five? Four. Four, because five was Ahsoka. It was the yeah. episode on Navarro um, that he popped, popped up, up in, in on a message. And he was, uh, what, in the very first, second episode of the first season, too? Uh, first first and third. First and of third, the, okay. Of the first season, yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he's kind of a recurring character, and... Although maybe uh, not anymore, I I don't know I don't know what they did to know. him. Me if neither. They, did, they might have they and might I'm have confused. told him to take a short walk, if you know what I'm talking about. He, but. His character really confuses me because anyway because they they end up, um, 
hitting the hitting the shuttle with an ion cannon and disable it and they're send a transmission says prepare to be boarded um you hear boba clearly boba's voice say prepare to be boarded and the officers are like yeah well whatever um and you get this really intense kind of standoff scene as they hit the bridge um actually i think that scene is one of the better scenes it's a standout scene in a standout episode because you have you have uh something you have the scientist the the doctor who is scared witless or shitless or anything you want to call it you have a pilot who's like dude we're being hijacked we need to cooperate and then we have a fanatic is about the only word I could use to describe the other pilot. Um, who yeah, when I could, when I could go with fanatic because he, I mean, he he seemed he like believes he believes in what the he, fuck they're doing. Yes, he fully drank the Kool Aid. So the one pilot is like, "Hey, we can work this out." Blah blah blah. And the other one is holding a blaster and using the the uh, Doctor Pershing. Doctor Pershing is a human shield. Yeah. Uh, and when the, when the pilot is like, Hey, we can figure this out. The other, his homie, the fanatic one just guns him down, just shoots him, kills him, drops him. Um, without any, without any hesitation, almost like he had had orders as far as if this happens, this is how this goes down. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, yeah, it was just quick, just blah, 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 blah. Um, -hmm. And then he begins, you know, he's like, hey, this guy is a clone scientist. The New Republic it has him on a, on a wanted list. Let's not be, you know, whatever. And then he starts talking shit to Cara Dune, our, our beloved Gina Carino. And we learn some pretty interesting things in this exchange. First of all, that her tattoo of the symbol of the rebellion under her eye is a teardrop for Alderaan. Mm -hmm. And he begins talking shit about the destruction of Alderaan and how the act, how destroying the Death Star was an act of terrorist. And she said, well, which one? Which one? <laughs> he was like, I was there when Alderaan was, was destroyed. I was on the Death Star, which is interesting because how is he still alive? Because uh, as far as you know, in A New Hope, the only person that got off the Death Star alive was Vader. So unless, they're, unless they did manage to evacuate some people in shuttles or whatever, um... It right. looks like I, everybody went down with the Death Star, so I don't maybe. Um, but well, hold on, because I don't think everybody went down with the Death Star because you had Tie Fighters, but which were all destroyed except. Oh, I mean, were they you, all destroyed? You only, what about the, the only, ones that's flying? Did they the just only, like indis, indiscriminately just like even if they like surrender, like battle's over, you're you're the everything's done, and they're like, okay, well, we I surrender. mean, I get. I can Fuck only up. I can only base my knowledge off of what we see in A New Hope, and in A New Hope, you know the X wings are the the cover. They're 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 primarily going after the Tie Fighters, and then the Y wings are supposed to do the bombing runs. Well, eventually, 
it gets whittled down to where you know the the why the as the Y wings are starting to make their bombing runs, Vader and his escorts are picking them off, and the X wings are able are just like casually staging to make these bombing runs in place of the Y wings. They're not in dogfights anymore. The only the only fighter threat that they're encountering at any given point is Vader and his people. So I'm assuming all the Tie fighters that got launched were destroyed. Well, That's just the only assumption I can make. It, okay, there is one other assumption that I I possibly have is what quadrant of the Death Star were they fighting in, and was was their battles only going on in that quadrant? Because well, the Death I mean, Star wasn't some tiny little itty bit. This thing was the size of a moon. Yeah, no, it was huge. Yeah, and, and I mean, I assume even. Even with their their engine technology to fly, the circumference of it would take a, a decent amount of time. Um, but you know, we we hear from an imperial when the attack starts that they counted thirty rebel ships, thirty fighters, and they launched you know they launched Tie fighters, which I mean they obviously didn't launch all their Tie fighters because the Death Star has to be able to hold hundreds, if not thousands, of them. Um, you know, which one could say is a little bit of a plot hole in a new hope, but whatever. Um, you know, maybe if he was a shuttle pilot back then, maybe he flew cargo in and was there when Alderaan was destroyed and then loaded up and went back to his main post. You know, I mean, it's hard to say there's any number of things that could have happened, but he claimed to have been at Alderaan and was pissed about the destruction of the Death Star, claiming that there were millions of deaths on both those stations. Millions. So the crews have always been estimated in the hundreds of thousands. He said millions. Yeah, he did. So, man, so that's something. Um, The Death Star, too, I could see millions because it's, you know, staffed with the Imperials, but then it's also got whoever's building the fucking thing. But yeah, Death Star One apparently having millions. I mean, that's that's interesting. Um, and well, then he, you oh, wonder also if they, with uh, that many quote unquote, just troops, were they just troops? Maybe were they f- troops and their families? Oh, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to uh, say. I mean, you don't it just really... adds a layer to that whole conflict and what you don't think of about both sides and why yeah, I mean, individuals you never, are fighting. You never consider the Imperials having families, although clearly they they have to. Um, you and know, they I kind of the... give you that. What a, you know, I like in the last episode that we saw where uh, uh, Mayfield was like, "Bet you've never been so happy to see uh, Tie Fighters or Stormtroopers." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only time we've ever seen a hint of an Imperial having a family was in Rogue One with Jen Erso and her dad. You know, like you saw them, you saw little flashback sequences to them on Coruscant. And there was some, you know, cocktail party going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I don't know. I mean, if, if the Imperials follow any sort of, you know, I'm going to say common military uh, conduct, uh, uh, a warship isn't going to have families on there um 
you know, it's not uh, it's not Star Trek, the next generation where, you know, the Enterprise was cruising around with a bunch of elementary <laughs> school kids and high school <laughs> kids, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. And and given how they were trying to keep the Death Star a secret, I, I can't see, you know, loose lipped children being brought aboard. But maybe they were. And, you know, not if they died, they were Imperial kids and fuck them. They they deserve to die. Fuck them. Well, uh, you saw what fucking they did to the the academy. So yeah, fuck them. And Grogu, fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Okay. So anyway, uh, he he, you know he he's He's obviously he's talking shit about the destruction of Alderaan, and thinking he's gonna get away with it because he's got this valuable human shield, and uh, Kara though pissed. Um, takes a shot takes a shot and drops him um I and like mando and mando was like what the fuck right and and the pershing was clutching like the his side head of got, laser his head blast got scorched like, yeah yeah oh dude that was like that was a scene though yeah really intense really intense scene and it just really played out really well but definitely i was noticing that that tattoo, right? Because uh, not that I've ever looked at a picture of Gina Carino before. Um, no, never, not once. Right, and I haven't looked at her face, and and then looked at like the Cardoon ones, and been like, "Well, okay, she doesn't have that. Mo- Is that a mole? What's going on? It's something for the show. I knew it was that. So it's it's nice hearing." The meaning of the tattoo, just like the one on her arm, is uh, for the drop. Yeah, the drop ship. Yeah, the drop yeah. Sh- or drop troopers or whatever. Drop they trooper were to show her station there or whatnot. Yeah. So a little bit more about Car- uh, Cardoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boom, boom. Boom. So they and they, they they've him. captured they've captured the shuttle and they uh, they have one more stop to make before attempting this uh, most daring of rescues. And uh, they land on a planet that at first glimpse I thought was Tatooine, but it's not, clearly. Um, when they get down to the surface, it's it's a uh, it's not a desert world, and it's not the water planet, as far as I can tell, where we first uh, encountered uh, other Mandalorians. But, uh, you know, somehow they were able to know. Maybe it has to do with the chain code or something. Maybe, you know, allies can give each other their chain codes and that way they're always able to figure out where they're currently at. Or, you know, let's here's my cell phone number. Text me if you need something. Who knows? But they go to an unknown planet and find uh, Bo-Katan. And I can't... I mean, they've never said the character's name, but Sasha, Sasha Banks', Banks character. character. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I know she has a name because I've seen it in the credits. I just can't remember yeah. what it is. Ah, for the life of me. I mean, and they never really make a huge reference to it. And I hate to say it, you know, well, it's not going to matter sooner or later. Um, I mean, possibly. I mean, yeah. If if the show goes in the direction that I think it has to go, it, yeah, it, eventually it might not matter at all. But uh, Mando comes to recruit Bo-Katan to his cause using Gideon and the Imperial Cruiser as bait. And he brings Boba Fett with him to the meeting where we get another amazing scene with uh I don't know if revelations is the right word 
or uh, we just we get some amazing dialogue and a fun little fight scene. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't say though. There was huge revelations. Obviously, uh, they don't like the fact that Boba's in man- Mando armor. Uh, oh yeah, that was interesting. Where she, where where she was talking shit about him being in armor, and she says, "You're not a Mandalorian. You're a clone, and, basically." Well, no, but his response was, "I never claimed to be." Mm-hmm. So that was kind of. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but then, yeah, started started. You know, he's this armor belonged to my father, and she's like, "You mean your donor? Because you're a clone. I've heard your voice thousands of times, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she has because and I mean, she definitely has. Yeah, watch the Clone Wars. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, she she's been buddies with with hun- or at least bit fought alongside hundreds of Boba Fett's. In I mean, in essence, hundreds of Boba Fett's. Or hundreds of Jangos, and Boba is a Jang, whatever you know. It's, it's, it's a cloning rabbit hole, um. <laughs> and I think it's really interesting. Yeah, the the whole look at um what she's what she's talking about, and this is where you definitely see the difference between Boba. He knows that he's a clone, but he doesn't refer to himself ever as a clone of Jango. He's always Django's son. Well, yeah, it's because I mean the difference between him and the other clones is he aged naturally. He wasn't his growth wasn't accelerated, and and Django, I mean, raised him to be his son. So yeah, um, I mean, yeah. who is that? Who is anybody to say that Boba isn't Django's son? You know, and I mean that's nobody's that's nobody's call to make. Um. And I just, yeah, I just, I like, I like the depth that it gives his character and it's, it's a step to separate himself from just the clone soldiers, you know, and I don't know, I, with the history of it all, I, I like that. Well, and I mean, as badass as the clones were and are, Boba is on a different level. From them, so much different level. So Holy you got shit. if you got you got to wonder if training versus programming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, right. we we yeah. we get Sasha and Boba are up in each other's grill, and they get into a little fight, and Bogaton breaks it up in short order. I did like how the they were. They had like she was using her jetpack to like do flips and stuff like that, and like their flamethrowers canceled each other out. There was some, it was a good little fight scene. Yeah, it was a good little fight scene. You know, throwing each other into pillars and tables and stuff. It was brief, but it was good. But Bo-Katan stops it and is like, "If we fought this half, excuse me, if we'd fought half this hard, we never would have lost Mandalore and whatever." And then says, "All right, we'll help you if we get to keep the cruiser and Gideon is mine." basically mm-hmm. and so off they go in slave one and the the imperial shuttle right and they uh they start forming their plan and pershing is just kind of chilling there in the background they're not shy about saying anything in front of him which is a little weird but you know whatever it's uh, he speaks up about their plan yeah. um and helps them Helps them greatly. Gives them a right. bunch of intel. 
this is like, where I'm confused by his character because uh, you when you see him and he's not dealing with them, he seems to be very evil. Um, but well, anytime he's dealt with Mando, he's been you know save the child, save the child, save the child. He definitely doesn't want the child harmed. He's acting. I mean, frankly, he's acting like a scientist. Like, my, uh, this is my scientific task. He's not in an imperial uniform. He's not wearing imperial ranking or anything like that. He might even be a hostage of the Empire. We don't really know. Um, I, I feel like he's more nef nefarious than that. I feel like he's he he uses the idea that he could be that to for to and his help. But I think it's like it's almost like a Palpatine. Yeah, well, like he just he knows what he needs to do to survive. Yeah, and, and yeah, he has yeah, yeah. no qualms about manipulating and doing these things. And and as long as he doesn't care who has the child as long as he has access to it yeah kind of yeah i mean he i'm i'm wondering if we've seen the last of him or not because he's actually he's somewhat of an intriguing character yeah um and i mean hopefully we do see more of him um but I he gives like them will I, yeah I feel, he don't feel like his whole storyline has been wrapped up unless we just completely wrap up with the storylines that we're going on anyway but we'll get to that but you know, he he tells them you know they they map out their route in the ship and he tells them about the dark troopers um you know and so the the strike team is consisting of bo-katan sasha's character uh cara dune and uh, fennec are are the strike team along with mando um and so they come up with their plan basically the 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 a team of women the that amazing team up of two mandalorians and a dropship trooper and a highly paid assassin are going to basically storm the ship clear clear the way be a distraction for mando to slip in and grab the kid um and we hear bo-katan repeat yet again gideon is mine gideon is mine gideon is mine and so the plan is basically Boba is going to pretend to be attacking the shuttle. They're going to call a distress signal and try to get and try to land on the cruiser um, in the main in the main launch tube. So fighters can't be launched. Um, and, you know, at the ship shows up and, you know, and they're pulling off their plan and the Imperials believe that that's a legit Imperial shuttle legit being attacked and is in trouble. Uh, but they manage to get some TIE fighters off in the air, but Bo-Katan ignores the don't land in the tube, don't land in the tube orders and goes flying in and we see, uh, you know, an Imperial deck officer who looked familiar. I feel like yeah. I'd seen that guy before and I mean, I'm going to have to maybe dig into the IMDB to see who it was, but I feel like I'd seen that guy before. I feel like, like if I could like to recycle like little maybe. bits to make for I, fun's sake. I just feel like if I could have lingered on his face a bit longer, I would have I would have placed right, it. And I watched it. the episode a couple of times and it still never came to me other than like I've seen that guy somewhere doing something. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the strike team 
comes flying off the shuttle and they are dropping anybody that ain't one of them. So stormtrooper pilot gray suited imperial officer they don't Doesn't give two matter, shits dude. they are shooting you um, oh, if you ain't with awesome. them you are a target and they are cleaning up dude and it was so the whoever did the the scene choreography it, the that hold the fight choreography um fucking hat you know just hats off that was that was so well done for me visually visually i don't oh, know visually if it's ac- it was swat accurate you know like clearing and, accurate you know but who no, cares <laughs> no like, no because combat you use yeah. cover you you hide behind something that's going to stop what's, right. what's what's being shot at you and you return fire and then you try to suppress your enemy and then you maneuver to try to take them out but and, I mean, for we saw visual, visually it was awesome, and you know we saw the legendary bad aim of sword troopers and the the great aim of our of our heroes and the Mandalorians taking flight in their jetpacks to outflank other squads of stormtroopers. What they did with the jetpacks in this in this episode, as far as from hand to hand combat to maneuvering. Um, short bursts, uh, like that was so well done. That was reminiscent of uh, the final episodes of the Clone Wars, the season, the series finales, where you got the Mandalorians fighting, and you saw them utilizing the jetpack in in close combat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, it and was, it, it played it was great. It played as well on the live action as it did with the computer generated. It was, uh, it was, yeah, cool. and I mean, we we get to a point where I mean, the they're they're advancing very easily, and they're just they're taking apart anybody in their way. But we get to a, a part where Kara's laser rifle jams, which is interesting because, as far as I know, it wasn't firing a physical cartridge. So what what is there to jam? But Something I got jammed. a little I got a little nervous because I'm like, why do I feel like they're setting her up to die right now? Right, I got I I was not a huge because I saw her come in and start clearing everything, and then all of a sudden the jams, and I'm like going, I'm thinking to myself, how. I, I don't uh, I don't know what's the what what word I'm looking for typical how you know it, how stereotypical of them to write that that moment in there where one of their gun jams um and meanwhile it's like uh the finally running out of ammo in that the that last the last episode where he was on top of the crawler and he was yeah, fighting, yeah, yeah. and his blaster runs out of ammo, and he throws it at him. And how many times have we seen them with blasters and never run out of ammo? And now all of a sudden, guns are jamming, blasters are, are, blasters are, are going out. dry. Right? It's like well, and and even even better, you met, you brought up the whole he threw the blaster at him. How many times have we seen that trope in a movie? And like. Indiana yeah, Jones. It, yeah, it would hurt <laughs> if it hit you, but it wouldn't really do much do anything, to you, right? Like, and in fact, 
they did that in Casino Royale, the the Daniel Craig one, where he's at the beginning, where he's chasing the the guy, and he's up on like the crane or whatever, and the guy is out of ammo, and he throws the gun at James, and James catches it and throws it back. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it would hurt. Trust me, you don't want to get hit in the head with a firearm of any of any kind, especially one that's thrown, but. Yeah, it's kind of a trope that you're out of ammo, you throw your gun. <laughs> and maybe maybe that was just a nod to, hey, this is a Hollywood thing. We're going to have a little fun with it. But I, I, I legit thought Kara was going to die. And uh, another another reason why I thought she was going to die is the um, people have been piecing together the, the soundtrack and lining it up with episodes. And there's a piece of music called Rest in Peace. That hadn't been used yet, and people were speculating it was going to be used for a funeral or, you know, a goodbye scene um, in this episode. So I was like, oh, fuck, they're killing Kara, son of a bitch. Oh, Luckily. Oh, got it. I, see, yeah, I didn't catch that one. Yeah, it was. It, it came up on my Facebook uh, yesterday or the day before. Um, but luckily, you know, after they're offering her, hey, do you need help getting your gun unjammed? But she figures it out, and they storm the bridge. And uh, I think part of the part of from my perspective, I feel like it was just a moment for that. They took Kara out of the equation with a heavy rifle so that the others could have just a little bit longer in the limelight, because then the next thing you get is Kara just guns down an entire fucking hallway of people. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's good at what she does. Um, so I think I felt like that was in my mind when I was watching it. I felt like uh, they're just trying to give everybody their fair their fair share of screen time. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> that was um, my honest opinion. <laughs> you know, um, we're we're telling events a little bit out of order of actually how they mm. appear in the episode. But yeah, I figure because... well, we start with the girls. We'll finish up where they finish up, and then we'll go and yeah. just run run all the way through through Jin because um, they didn't. They're they're. They Nothing were cutting really back coincided. and forth. Yeah, they but, were cutting yeah. back and forth because they Time were his distraction. Yeah, yeah, Time they were his distraction. But yeah, it didn't really. It doesn't really. They don't have anything to do with each other other than they're the distraction and they're doing their one thing, and it just happens at the same time on two completely different ends of the ship. So you didn't have. You could watch it in any order you wanted, really, and as long as they end up at the same point. Yeah, but time. I mean, just so we're not jumping back and forth, you know. It doesn't um, work for us. Yeah, so. <laughs> just doesn't work you, on a podcast. You know, after after a couple of minutes of watching the girls wreck absolute shop. Everything. Uh, oh, they destroyed the fucking garrison on the ship. Yeah, Mando uh, slips off the shuttle and begins making his way towards the holding cell, which Pershing showed them on the map of the cruiser where it was. Um, right and uh was it fennec that gave him who gives him the codes fennec fennec gave him his his little code cylinder or whatever they called it yeah um and And he begins making his way to the cells because he actually has two objectives his first one is to prevent the deployment of the dark troopers which we learned are third generation model robots, by the which way. Which means, by the way, uh, another another by the way, um, season one finale. 
Those are uh, phase two, generation Gen two, Gen Dark two, Troopers. yeah, which we also saw in Rogue One. We saw mm-hmm. those. Actually, they were probably those Gen, Gen one. one in Rogue One. They would have been Gen one in Rogue One, but yeah, humans were the only weakness, so we removed them. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, right, you know. And so he he it explains I think he them, encounters he encounters clearly. a couple of stormtroopers, but mostly he's being stealthy. And you know, Gideon, when the attack began, was on the bridge and ordered the activation of the dark troopers. So Mando doesn't have much time because it takes a couple of minutes for them to power up. Because apparently, it's power prohibitive for them to be powered up all the time. So and... he barely gets to to their storage area in time, and one dark trooper gets out, manages to get out. And it is badass more than a match for him um, physically. And it really needs to be noted. It really is just from it, it just more than a match. I it, like one of them. He has one of the hardest fights of his life. The best car saves him because the opening thing is this, this, uh, the dark trooper gets out and it just basically pummels him into into the wall of the ship. Yeah, he, his his helmet isn't denting from the blows, but it's his helmet is being driven through the bulkhead of the ship. And it's I mean, just dude <laughs> bending around. Yeah, it's like it just keeps thumping and thumping and thumping. So obvious, amazing fucking armor. Uh, oh yeah, if, it, <laughs> if it's a if it's a human, that fist is going right through their face. Oh, you know, right? here's here's one thing. I want to hop back to the girls real quick. Yeah. Did you find it funny? Because I found it a little funny that the the two girls with the nearly impenetrable armor were always behind the two without the impenetrable armor. Like Kara Kara <laughs> and Fennec were leading the charge and like Bo Katan and, and Sasha were kind of always behind them a little bit. I'm right. Like, Even to the point where on the walkway so you get uh you get Kara and Fennec across the way and then the troopers are like, hey wait. And then the two drop down on them. Yeah. Yeah, with the jetpacks, yeah. Yeah. No, but it was they were always out in front. It was really interesting. I'm like, dude, they have Beskar. Get behind them. They can take the hits. Seriously. We we saw some some nobody shoot Fennec in, in season one, and she didn't take that very well, so you thought she would have learned her lesson. But anyway, right. back— Hey, you know what? I actually also—just uh, to, to also note about probably the Beskar and the Mandalorians that are wearing the, the Beskar armor— Mm-hmm. I will, I will put money on the fact that some of them, like Mando's armor, is better than the majority of Mandalorian's armor because I bet you he has pure Beskar armor. He does have pure Beskar. Have that was alloy. That was that was one thing we did here for the first time in in relation to Beskar armor was pure Beskar. Pure Beskar can stand up to uh, to the dark saber, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean, maybe maybe what they do is they make armor with a Beskar overlay, um, which might be what he had in season one until he got his new suit made, 
was he had an he had a because that armor got fucked up by a mudhorn. And, and I also feel like yeah. there's some symbolism in the fact. Here's the other thing that I've noticed about every other Mandalorian's armor. It's painted. Mm-hmm. Like, but his? Well, no. his original suit was. Yeah. But this, this new one new is one? not yet painted. No. Yeah. And I feel that's a little bit of, um, oh, uh, foreshadowing. In my in my opinion, but we'll, again, we'll get there um, because yeah, I've always felt best, it was some foreshadowing. If Beskar is as rare as it seems to be, yeah, I I can't imagine that they would be able to produce enough to outfit their entire army or fighting corps or whatever with full suits. I mean, and even at the end of of season one in the last episode and you saw that even though there was a shit ton of Mandalorians and they all had armor, they were all apparently wiped out. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, my guess is that it's like, sir, you get Beskar and then you have your armor and you, your old, old armor, you can probably have in melt, smelt it down and then reforge it into, you know, to a new purity level, like 72%, 52%, 83%, whatever, you know, however much. But pure is beyond rare. Yeah, well, and I mean, as it has in previous episodes, this his best guard is saving his life against the, the Dark Trooper and none of his weaponry, nothing he can do matters he manages to seal the door to the dark trooper hangar and is scrambling to try to try to like end that threat while this one is trying to kill him and i mean this thing is throwing him around and zapping him and punching him in the whole nine yards but finally he reaches for his great equalizer which he's had for several episodes but yeah he hasn't used it yet the best star spear and with one very very swift stab drops the dark trooper and then is able to conveniently i have to admit conveniently jettison the rest of them into space and then right but they're dude they're busting that they're busting that door the blast doors they're almost going through that like i mean they did they stopped on the glass though why did they stop on the glass and start hitting the fucking metal uh, I'm not sure. Maybe because they they couldn't fit through the. Gl- I don't know, dude. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, ask, ask Favreau. Give him a call and, and get the answer. Like, I don't know. Um. Anyway, anyhow, so they he wins. He manages to barely win the fight, and he takes off to the cell where Grogu is. And he he uses the spear to take out a couple of stormtroopers casually standing guard out and front. You again they're not see on how fragile their armor is, dude. And they're not on the alert at all. Like they should know that the ship is under attack, and they're casually just standing there, like at attention. Right? Just oh, we're just gonna we're gonna we're keeping guard here like this. This is attention guard. Um, yeah, that, that <laughs> whatever. But that was like. There are some certain things that are obviously done for visual effect over like practically what would have happened. Um, But I'm constantly amazed in this how fragile the stormtroopers' armor is. 
it's plastic, dude. It's got to be plastic. Plasteel, I think, is a is a thing that exists in in the Star Wars universe. I think that's a common material. But I mean, it's got to be a low grade plasteel if it if it's not just pure plastic because it doesn't do. Mu- I've never seen a stormtrooper be like, "Thank God I was wearing my armor; it saved my life." Right? That's kind of it. It's like we we currently outfit our troopers and officers in better armor than the stormtroopers are running around. It would be like, I mean, I feel like if you seriously dolled up some straight up, you know, plastic stormtrooper armor right now, it's like the say on the equivalent of what they're, what they're actually wearing. It's I, I see it. I, w- I would so be, many times. I would be willing to bet that if I took my largest caliber rifle which is a 300 blackout. I could probably shoot through stormtrooper armor. Um, I'm gonna now I in the same agree with in, that. in the same token. I have uh, I have body armor. I have a, a plate carrier and I have level four plates, which they can stop. Um, basically, it can take six hits from an AK-47, according to the the way they they calculate it and measure it before those plates are broken and ineffective. Um, I would See, be willing to bet that it that the stormtrooper armor would not stop six shots from an AK forty seven. It just seems I, I don't think it would. I don't. It's it, it's, it's mass produced by the lowest bidder. And the best part is what I don't also understand is the when they get shot by a laser blaster. There's no melt marks. There's no scorch marks. There's no anything. It's just unmarked but you're dead (laughs) well you know i i i can't remember which book but i was reading a book a star wars book it had to do with space combat but they were saying something interesting is that it was describing it was i think it was two capital ships like it was a battle between like two cruisers or whatever Mm -hmm. or a star destroyer and a mon cal cruiser or whatever but anyway it was describing that when the laser blasts were hitting like the armor it was the the energy it wasn't the physical like oh that laser is a solid projectile but when the energy hits it it discharges it's um you know it you know whatever it gets discharged into it not punching oh, okay. through it so like them taking that blaster shot that energy when it hits it's like entering their body and basically like shorting out their their uh you know, their nervous system or whatever, you know, it's just, they, uh, the, oh. the human body can't take the, the energy sort of like a phaser, like yeah, Star Trek, kinda. set your phasers to kill versus phasers to stun. Well, they have stun in star Wars too. So, yeah. so I mean, so I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, not I mean, to be sacrilegious and everything. It's the, it's like, the, it's the transfer of the energy that does the damage, not the, not the physical impact of the blaster bolt. Although, I do We've find learned the term, something. I do find the term blaster bolt interesting because what if it is actually a physical projectile that somehow has energy around mm. it or is charged with energy or even propelled by energy? And that's huh. why Kara's weapon could jam because it's shooting, even if it's a microscopic bullet, like Mass Effect. 
Did you ever read the uh, the the codexes in Mass Effect, and they talk yeah. about how how those guns work? Yeah, where they're basically each gun is its own miniature Mass Effect generator, and that it shaves off whenever you're firing a gun. Your magazine is a solid block of metal, mm-hmm. and it shaves off microscopic shards, but it per, they get projected so fast because of the Mass Effect generator that they impact with just incredibly lethal force. And because the microscopic shards or because the shards that are shaved off are so microscopic, you hardly ever have to reload your weapons because a a block of metal lasts forever. I'm wondering if it's something similar in Star Wars is that the energy we see is the acceleration method and that there's actually a physical projectile in there. You know, I can't. I because we do it. we do see a kinetic like if Mando gets takes a blaster hit to his armor, there's a kinetic transfer, like it he gets pushed back. You know, I mean, it's like curious. a needle, it's like yeah. you know, like something like that. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I, that's a good point. I'm glad. Thank you for. I mean, I'm, it's, like it's, I'm enlightened. It's a theory. I mean, it's a good one. I like. Hey, it explains more to me than a lot of the stuff that is that I've seen. So, and it makes a lot more sense now. So, I appreciate it, and I'm sure everybody else does. So, there well, you guys I go. Am. Why there's no color, motherfuckers? Boom, boom. Yeah. So, Buddy. Uh, Jin, Jin gets to the cell, and we oh. get we get uh, the second best scene of the of of a standout show where mando comes face to face with moff gideon holding the dark saber very very threateningly over our favorite child yeah and, and he's like blaster <laughs> well okay he gives a big old speech about why or no he asked for the blaster right at the start doesn't yeah he, he says drop the blaster Put it on the ground slowly, Kick whatever. It over. Yeah. And then Mando's just like, hey, dude, I just want the kid. I just want like, him. basically. And of course, Giancarlo Esposito, being an, an outstanding actor, is chewing the scenery. And, and, right. and looks like he's having a really good time playing Moff Gideon. Oh, my and, God. It's, it's, uh, he does such a good job at. He sold. He sold me, dude. Yeah, neutral, neutral faced, staring down Mando. You know, uh, he's like, I suppose Bo-Katan is here, and blah blah blah. And Mando's like, Look, dude, you can keep all this shit. I don't care. I just want the kid. And he's like, Well, we have enough blood. We got all the blood. And we he need. and he turns off the dark saber, and he's like, Hey, look, okay, fine. I have his blood, which is all I ever wanted. This kid is special. You know that. I know that. But I have what I need from him. We just wanted to study his blood. But then he goes, "This he his blood is like gives us access to a power, which could bring about order." And they yep. the word order is used very purposefully. And I, I have to say. I'm starting to lean in your direction that what we're witnessing is the covert founding of the First Order and the attempts to resurrect Palpatine. Uh, yep. Which might explain the fanaticism of that one pilot. I is agree. That, you know, is that these are 
maybe these guys are part of the Sith Eternal. That there's a faction in the Imperial Army that's always been a part of the Sith Eternal. Because apparently they're in everything. And if they're you, operating it, it, even deeper than I think, obviously, well, than, than normal troopers are. It's like the one that was, re- he was, it's like Fnatic we're talking about right there. I think that shows you the difference between the, the your, your normal versus the, well, versus the, the First Order or the Sith Eternal kind of thing. I think that that specifically, if you look at those two pilots side by side and you just look at how one acts versus how the other acts, you see very clearly the, the, the regular Imperial soldier kind of, and the, the Sith eternal soldier. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible, but yeah, there's there's definitely uh, there's definitely Imperials operating on different levels within the Empire, um, and that could very well be the explanation. But um, you know, he says, "Yeah, take the kid, go, and l- we will never see each other again." Basically, you can have him. I'll leave you alone. You leave me alone. Okay, we're like, all right, well, because Mando, all his his number one thing is the kid. I have to get the kid to a Jedi. He doesn't give a shit about anything beyond that. But uh, old Gideon, old oh, Gideon, the real the old trickery do the old. I bought uh, it, dude. The I old, fell for yeah, it. Yeah, I did too. I did too. The old Kansas City shuffle. He makes Holy you look left, shit. and then you go right. And he pulls the dark saber and starts hacking away. But once again, and we see why he broke so guard. many damn. Oh God, dude, he was swinging for the fucking <laughs> fences. Dude, he like was holy shit. He was coming down. Oh my God! And you know, man, after taking a pummeling and deflecting some shots, Mando is able to whip out the great equalizer, that Beskar spear, and. I mean, it can take the hits. Yeah, it can take and... the hits, but it was glowing red. Oh in yeah, some spots. I was wondering if it was gonna eventually, you know, break. You yeah, know, I was wondering the same thing. Break yeah. or cut or what? I mean, because there were several times where I thought. And then, though, the thing about it is that I, I even, con- you know, can go back to it and still be surprised. Is after what we saw, those shots. There's not a mark on the damn thing. Yeah. 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 I um, mean, not from Ahsoka Tano's either. Not on, and that spear took plenty of lightsaber hits when she was uh, dueling, um, when she was dueling Morgan. The magistrate, so, yeah. 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 Um, and we get a hell of a fight scene. Oh. Um, you know, and Mando is, is holding his own. He's not, you know, like he's not struggling. But Gideon is is going hard at him and is competent enough with the Darksaber to be dangerous, but he's not like super he's not skilled. like a Jedi because there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of spaces on the Mando that you could go for a quick kill. Um, yes, he does his there are definite ex- areas that are exposed. Um so, but Mando I mean I don't know if they I like train the cable them. move. 
Yeah, the cable move was cool, where he wrapped him up and then he sliced it. Yeah, that whole that's that that exchange that exchange right there was like probably one of my favorites in that fight. Yeah, and so Mando, after kind of being on the defensive for the first little part of the fight, and we see you know like he deflects the dark saber into the wall, and Gideon starts pushing on it and like driving it towards him, and Mando's giving ground, but then he goes on the offensive, and I'm wondering if they were trained with melee weapons when they as a foundling if in if in the the watch they they teach them how to fight with everything because he knew how to use that spear and you know this might also be they might have chosen a spear because it's pedro pascal because he played uh oberon martell in game of thrones and his favorite weapon was a spear and he was incredible with it and we saw some of that i think give nods yeah i mean i I, this show likes to give easter eggs and nods and i would say yes i would you see that did you see that move where he kicks the bottom of the spear and sends it up over oh my god yeah Mm -hmm. he yeah dude if he learned if he learned that fight choreography for that amazing fight he did on game of thrones with a spear he brought it straight into mando and holy crap uh once he went on the offensive the fight ended really quick um with moff gideon's surrender not his death not even a wound nobody was injured no no he not he ends up disarming him and but and you know you see the joy in you, Moff yes. Gideon's face at this point in time. That bastard has a look on his face. I call him a bastard just to call him a bastard because I could legitimately watch him playing that role. If they did a whole episode where it was just him being him, I would just be thrilled. He does such a great job. Damn. Oh, my God. Giancarlo Esposito is... It, I don't know Fucking. if he's considered underrated or if he flew under the radar... But ever since Breaking Bad, he has been able to put his acting chops on real display. And dude, what a fucking actor. Yeah. But he is, oh, you're sparing my life. Like, you know, you could take that to be like he's happy to still be alive because he could just as easily be skewered on that spear. Um, but he's like, well, this should be interesting. Like, that's what he says. He says this yeah. should be interesting, right? Yeah. And now, you knew what just happened, and I knew what just I, happened. I did, but I didn't connect the dots. Oh, right you didn't? Then. Not at oh. that moment. No, not at that moment. No, I did not. Oh, yeah. I totally – I, I got to admit, it was at that moment, I, I all I could think was, oh, shit, this isn't going to – well, and hold on. Well, though. There's a reason I didn't connect the dots. Yeah. Um. One of the few episodes of Rebels that I've watched had to do with Bo-Katan getting the dark saber, and she it was just given to her. You know, I thought claim, I remember. She didn't that. claim it. She didn't claim it in battle in Rebels, and but but claimed possession and everything that came with it. So that's why I didn't connect those dots. But then we get the scene that we get where Mando brings Gideon and the child onto the bridge. And he has an ignited darksaber in his hand. And Bo-Katan is crestfallen. You can see it in her face. What Mm -hmm. happened? And they're like, what are you talking about? And she's like, what happened? Gideon takes a seat. 
on the ground. And he's and just laughing, and he hides he is, a blaster under him. Yeah, he co- he throws a bla- his cloak over a blaster. And we discover, through Bo-Katan and Gideon, that Bo-Katan cannot claim the Darksaber unless she wins it in combat. And that without doing that, without the story of the battle to claim the Darksaber, she has nothing. Even if she had the Darksaber, and Mando is trying, he's like, here, take it. I don't then want it. it. I don't give a fuck. I forfeited. I, I you know, and, yeah, and he I tries, yield. Yeah, I he, yield. He, I yield. Yeah, I mean, he tries multiple times to, here, I forfeit it then. You can't forfeit it. Well, then I yield. You can't yield. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we, we see an obvious storyline being set up there. Um, but in the meantime... So, well, so everybody is clear what this means at this point in time with with him getting the because they've said it several times that it, you you are then the leader of the Mandalorians. If you have the Darksaber, what well, they're he not has, ultimately saying is yeah. he's now the Mandalore. Well, he has a claim to it, I think, okay. is what they were saying. Isn't it the helmet that makes you the Mandalore or something like that? I don't, I dude, I don't even know if they exactly know. You know what I'm saying? Like in Legends, it was right. Like they're they're piecing things together and they're drawing from a lot of sources, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I'm not even sure that they know. But it was basically the dark saber gives you like a stronger or the strongest claim to the throne of Mandalore or whatever but mm-hmm. like i said this we see a, a future probably season three storyline this is why i think his armor's not painted mind you foreshadowing he's he doesn't claim a house he doesn't claim a line he's a foundling he he's, yeah i mean or he never had a chance to get his armor painted because his first set was painted that's true. That that is true. I mean, Again, he's been right. kind of busy ever since he got that that armor. Like he literally turned the kid over, went and got the armor made, went and yeah. But to Boba Greece. Fett had time to get his armor painted. Well, Boba probably painted it himself while they were flying. I don't know. He's got a paint shop on Slave One. Maybe you know. Maybe <laughs> Mando didn't have time to go to go to the body shop. Go to and, Home Depot or what? And grab yeah. a grab a couple cans. But. So the um, after this exchange is ended due to outside interference, we hear warnings. Sensors. We're being boarding. We're being, being boarded. boarded. Something has penetrated the ray shields, and they say how many life forms. And none. Fennec gives the answer: none. Yeah, none. Zero. Oh, so and you know what's dark, coming then. The dark troopers are making their return, and you are watching our heroes. After Gideon says, you had your hands full with one. Now you're going to face a platoon. You're Basically, you're fucked. You guys are fucked. You're all going to die. I'll be I'm going to be the only one that's going to be alive. Me and the kid. Me and the child will be the yeah. only ones left alive. And, you know, you our heroes are watching the dark troopers advance on the monitors. And they say, hey, close the blast doors. Which actually kind of gives away their position. Because the dark troopers see the doors closing and are like, oh, well, what's going on over there? Right. And you're like, okay, are, they're they're literally trapped. They have nowhere to go. And then they and, start knocking. And then they start <laughs> pounding on the door. 
And they all pull their blasters, even though Mando, you know, after shooting one multiple times and using his wrist launchers multiple times on one, had to use his spear. Why doesn't he have his spear out? Right. Why doesn't he have the dark saber out? And well, they're totally all getting ready for this huge dude. It's going to be an epic freaking throwdown. It's going to be it's going to be the Alamo times a hundred because I mean, as good as these folks are, they're effed. Then and Gideon then. knows it, and they all know it. But then, oh my God, oh, I'm getting then. chills right now. Even just, oh God, and then, and then an X-wing. Sir, there's there's an X-wing, a single X-wing, uh, and Kara's Kara's very dismissive. Oh, great, one X-wing, we're saved. Like she says it sarcastically. This was not- when I was like, dude, this was my first moment to think, could it be? Yep. Could it? Yeah, be? not 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 knowing, of course, but um, suspecting. The X-wing lands without a problem, and then we see we see uh, a, black, a robed and hooded a black finger. cloak with a green lightsaber start to easily cleave a path through and every the, dark trooper on the ship, and then a hand and comes out see, with the green lightsaber, and you can see. It's we a black gloved hand. We see a black glove, and in glimpses, <laughs> we see a silver belt buckle, belt buckle that is that has I've seen a million times because oh. I've watched Return of the Jedi a million times, <laughs> and then we see a non-gloved hand, and, and the we we see mastery, dude. we oh. see the force being used expertly. We see the lightsaber being wielded and efficiently, Gideon and we is get a long shit. And Gideon is scared shitless, and we're seeing a long, drawn out scene of a of a single lightsaber wielding Badass. Jedi just cutting his path, knowing exactly where he needs to go. And we see Grogu. Dark troopers can't touch him. Dark Freaking troopers don't even come close. The to, Mandalorian to, to had a hard time just with one, and this Jedi isn't even. I mean, isn't takes even out 40, 40 or fifty without breaking a sweat. I mean, just easy. It's like another day in the fucking park. Casually, dude. casually, yeah, casually, perfect. Yes, and casually. Grogu is watching this on the monitor and reaching out and touching the monitor because he he knows what he is seeing. And somebody and was it? It was Bo Katan. Goes a Jedi, yeah. And you see, you see Mando kind of perk up. And I mean, not not to draw this out any longer than it needs to be drawn out because you know you've watched it hopefully by this time. And oh my um, god, you see the last two droids well, get. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Get get. get well, no, you're you're fine. But oh, I mean, I'm I, so excited. <laughs> I'm right the, now at, excited. At, at this point, I uh, I've been crying because I know who it is. I figured it out pretty pretty early on, like just based on all the clues. But I I'm, knew who I'm, it was, I'm, dude. But I couldn't believe I I, I'm a, I wanted to I'm a, so bad. I'm a forty year old man, and I was a four year old kid watching his first hero, um, in a way that has never been shown before despite the opportunities given to show him in that way. Um, 
I was in tears, dude, legit tears. I was shocked I didn't wake my wife up. That's how loud I was because I couldn't, I was so overcome with what I was seeing. Um, it was, I have it to was say beautiful. it, we saw the true rise of Skywalker because my childhood hero and hopefully your one of your childhood heroes, Luke Skywalker, in all of the badass glory we were always reading about in comics and in expanded universe books, saved the day. What he was promised to be in Return of the Jedi. What facing, he was promised to become. Facing an Imperial army by himself with his laser sword in the and, way that last jedi mocked the even the thought of happening that somebody um, could be that powerful that it could be done one man with his lightsaber cleaved Taking his way through an army ship. of dark troopers and uh. enters the bridge and lowers his hood and, and we see no this uh, is my uh, favorite part actually it, he comes in and you see him uh uh lower the lightsaber and you see you see the lightsaber man you yeah, see the hilt the, that hilt and you know there's no doubt and you're going it really is they did it and then my only question to see at that point in time was did they do hamel or was it sebastian stan and the answer was we got a uh, stand-in for the Jedi um, with a, a decent approximation of young Mark Hamill's face CGI'd onto him with Mark Hamill's voice. Um, we got Luke Skywalker. <laughs> we, folks. Got, we got Luke, Luke, Luke motherfucking Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. Oh my god, dude. Luke Skywalker came for Grogu. Um, and what this does for the entire universe of Star Wars, it, it you have you can have the trilogy films and uh, the 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 or the sequel trilogy, and whether or not you acknowledge it now or watch it now, you know, because that's where. That's where I guess I always, you know, they, they left the Jedi, the end of the story. And I don't know. I just always felt like it never, obviously it never, never gave Luke his due. And oh my God, would we finally get it? But if Grogu is his, you know, and I, well, I was saying well, this. Well, hang on. So yeah, go, I mean, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we got to finish. Yes. Yeah, I'm we got to finish before we start launching oh. into, into theories. But um, so the actor actually doing the the physical work of being the Jedi. So the fighting scenes and whatnot. Uh, the actor's name is Max Lloyd Jones. Apparently he's a London actor and his he is credited as double for Jedi. In, in, in the credits, I, I went and looked and I see it in small print. It literally says Max Lloyd-Jones double for Jedi in 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 the credits. Um, but we get Luke, you know, saying basically I've I've come for him. 
He's ne- I will keep him safe, but he's never going to be safe until he masters his powers, and I will give my life to protect him. And the Mando's like, he doesn't echoing, want to leave. Echoing the words that Mando himself has used. Yeah. And Mando says he doesn't want to go with you, and Luke is like, no, he wants your blessing, your permission. And, you know, seeing... Um, Seeing Grogu say good goodbye to him, to ask him to say, like, let me go, you know, without words, and it's a puppet, uh, was very emotional. Was the, very emotional. When he took off his – so and then, here he is. He picks him up, <laughs> and they have this moment, this really touching moment, and then you see the, the – oh, man. The Mando just – he does – I mean, it's just this – it transfers from just being a moment to being a full-fledged, just like, I don't know, it, it just a straight-on emotional moment. I mean, it goes from just being, like, being good acting to I got wrapped up in it. Because he, he, he just he takes off the helmet, and it's the first but time that Grogu gets to see his face. Grogu touches the helmet yeah. first. He reaches out and touches the, the, the helmet, mm-hmm. and he... he, he, he for the third time in the show, his helmet comes off and his face is shown. And, you know, Grogu basically is looking at his dad. That's his mm-hmm. surrogate father. And, and he has a Jin face is looking now. at his surrogate son and they have a face that they will each, you know, will obviously remember each other's face. And Jin says, you're, you know, you can go with him, go with him and I'll see you again. You know, I, I'll come visit you or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then he, he sets him down and we get (laughs) another wonderful appearance. Uh, R2D2 comes rolling onto the bridge. And while I was super excited to see R2, I was more interested in the interaction between the two because Grogu perks up at the sight of R2, I think he remembered him I from the temple, R- from being yep. with Anakin. I think they knew each other because R2 got very excited as well. And they understood and that each other almost, without having to learn how to communicate or anything. And that was almost like the push that Grogu needed to actually go was maybe seeing a familiar face. Like, right. oh, you were Master Anakin's droid. I remember you. Because at this point you, in time, Grogu doesn't know that Anakin was Darth. Nobody really still knows that well, Anakin he, was mean, Darth Vader. I mean, he might. He might. We don't um, know what he knows. Remember Ahsoka? I mean, Ahsoka found out, but the most most people had no clue. Like the general population had no clue that the once Anakin Skywalker was now Darth Vader. They always believed them, even after death, to be two separate people. As far as I but understood. I mean, but he we. We also might have to assume that Grogu was at the temple during the attack and maybe saw. Ooh, Anakin go of Anakin's fall. He might have seen Anakin's fall. We don't well, know. He was. They did say he was at the academy. So I mean, we know that he, he was at, during he, Order sixty six trained at the temple. But I mean, there's also nothing to say that he didn't have a a Cal Kestis situation going on where he was off somewhere with his master. 
I, you know, well, we don't know. I thought Ahsoka said though that he was he was at the temple during Order Sixty Six. Well, she said he was. They never mentioned Order Sixty Six. Just that he was trained at the temple and that his memories go dark after the temple. So I mean, oh, we don't. Okay. I, that was one of the things we were hoping to learn this season, but as it turns that, out, we did okay. not. I I, uh, I like didn't how pick he, that one up. Yeah, we wanted to. We were we wanted to learn how he escaped the temple and who helped him escape and how he got set up in the situation he did, where for. 30 years he was being protected somehow yeah um we never got to learn that maybe next season maybe next season um and he, the other thing that was interesting thing that we did discover is grogu grogu was born in the same year that anakin was they're the same age how how did we how did we confirm this uh Oh well, okay. We didn't confirm it was. The, I I want to say it was the same year, and I don't. But I know we did the math to figure it out, and it would have been. Well, if, so five five years after Return of the Jedi, and Grogu is fifty at this point, and then nine years. So a total of nine years before uh, a New Hope. So zero because we're nine. Uh, um, a uh, a b y. Yes, nine. So so we go back to. To the Battle of Yavin is where the, well, the Republic. Put yeah, the Republic counts the when when the Battle of Yavin was won. That was basically according to the rebellion. That's where their calendar starts. They mm-hmm. the 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 New Republic starts their calendar at, at at ABY, and the galaxy adopted it. So that's that's how they measure time. Um, and so yes, I he's say... forty. He's forty one during the Battle of Yavin. Okay, and uh, and then thirty, is it at thirty two? Thirty two years before the Battle of Yavin is when um, Phantom Menace happens, right? Um, let me let me confirm real quick. I want to um, say it's thirty two years because if that's thirty two <laughs> years, it means that at the time of Phantom Menace, Grogu was nine years old. Which is the same year, same age as Anakin is in The Phantom Menace. Boo, boo, boo. Okay, well, hang on a second. Um, <clears throat> right. Blah, 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 blah. You can check my math. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Um, Phantom Menace is 32 years before Battle of Yavin. Yes. So um, Attack would... of the Clones is 22 before Battle of Yavin. Revenge of the Sith is 19. Um. So, so if he's fifty, what, was Anakin? I just, here's the thing: is I don't remember them saying Anakin was nine. That's, I want to say Anakin was nine at the. Uh, let's see. Let's. Let, I, I mean, he was seven, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, somewhere Google. in there. I mean, he was a kid. Let's see here. Here, dude, I, I've got it right here. I've got it. It's actually the number like. He was nine. Okay, so you're 100 percent correct. Born 41 years before the Battle of Yavin. So I, I mean, and Padme was 14 when they met. I'm just kind of saying that, and I, I can't. Obviously, you can't. I can't confirm that that it really is the truth because we don't know that Grogu is actually 50. But uh, what we did see that Grogu, it was supposedly 50 years old ish, right? Yes, 50 approximately. So, it, dependent on where that falls is 
he's right was born right about the same time as Anakin was. I mean, according to his Wikipedia entry, he was born in the same year. Forty one oh. years before the Battle of Yavin. So I mean that brings up the question that was he a result of midi chlorian manipulation and creating life? Who knows? Maybe we'll find out. But um I mean long in the long and the short of the, the episode is, you know, the last thing we see. We don't get any other resolution to anything. The the dark saber question. We see Gideon open fire on the child. We skipped over that and um and he shoots Bo Katan four times, but everybody survives and Mando. Oh, dies. see, I thought he should. I see. Okay, I thought he. No, shot they had Sasha him, Banks they, his character. No, all those he times, shot, and I didn't see yeah, her. I thought she died. Yeah, no, he shot Bo Katan. No, she was okay. Was she, um, okay because I didn't see her in the next scene. I saw Bo Katan. I saw everybody, well, the, but I didn't see her in the last scene. Like when, so Kara Kara knocks out Gideon, who actually attempt suicide he has the blaster to his head and she knocks it out of his hand and then knocks him out um but then yeah when luke is when luke is getting ready to to leave with grogu and says may the force be with you it does it does a shot of the bridge and everybody's on their feet okay Um, okay yeah everybody's on their feet but we don't get any any resolution other than grogu is in the hands of luke skywalker and we um the Mandalorian's now the Mandalore, in my opinion. I, maybe well, not technically I mean, not the in Mandalore, and not he in doesn't, his, but he doesn't, he doesn't want doesn't to be. Want, if he doesn't want it, I mean, I, 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 I see a very simple way out of the problem, and that's just like they have a friendly duel to first blood, and then, you know, it's legit, you know, and he can say, here, use my Beskar spear, and I'll use this, and whoever draws first blood gets the saber and you know not saying he throws the fight um well that's just it it's like i think uh, my feeling is simply this it's a role that he's going to be grudgingly have to take be at first because he he got it he doesn't want the dark saber but he has it and now the only way for him to to not be it anymore is to lose to somebody that comes after him and he can't do that honorably without actually giving his best fight. So, so that... he, I mean, so he has a, an honorable duel with Bo-Katan, which, I mean, we've seen doesn't have to be to the death. It just no. has to be one of them is defeated. And, I, you know, I believe the, the third season is going to revolve around them going to take back Mandalore. And we'll, we'll see this resolved... I mean, in short order, um, where he said he's going to help. He said, once the kid is where the kid needs to be, you have me, especially considering all the help you've given me. I will help Mm -hmm. you guys take back Mandalore. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we, um, we as film watchers and television watchers, under the right circumstances, have become accustomed to waiting until the credits have rolled before walking out of the movie theater because, you know, there's a tag. They they throw one or two other scenes on here. And normally, I will shut the show off after the immediately when the credits start rolling. Yeah. Um, even though I like looking at the, the concept art, but there was no concept art this time. 
No, um, we got an extra scene like we, we get in the movies. But here, here's the thing, dude, is I was sitting there so wrapped up in the emotions of what I had just seen that I was just like, they did, they, they did it. They did it. Mm-hmm. Those crazy sons of bitches. They, they, they did more for Luke Skywalker in a five minute scene than three directors did in nine hours of movies. Uh, yeah, they and and it's got gets back to one of my texts that I sent to you was I told Buddy they just single handedly the two of them just saved the entire universe for Star Wars. I. You can wrap up um, the entire story of the Skywalkers and not not try to get on the Skywalkers and and the family or anybody in that line as long as you have something to continue after their storyline is done. And all you were left with after Rise of Skywalker was Rey. You weren't yes. left with anything else. There was nothing else. That was what you were given. And there's how do you... That was exactly the same thing we were given at the end of freaking Return of the Jedi. One Jedi going out to 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 start the whole thing again. It wasn't... It, it, that was some of the frustrating... Well. Well, 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 but we're getting off. We're getting off our topic real quick because anyway. I, I was, yes, yeah, sorry, I was cut just, scene. the the emotional the emotional scene. But huh. we got a we got a we got to finish. We got to finish in a very familiar location and uh, Tatooine recreated almost shot for shot to a point from Return yes. of the Jedi. But uh, dude, you t- I need to I need a drink. You 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 tell this one. You tell so. This one. You were were taken straight. I mean, uh, you're looking at it and you re- realize because it feels like you've been here before, and then it sets in. This is this is Jabba the Hutt's freaking throne area. This his is palace. Jabba the yeah, Hutt's palace. palace, and then all of a sudden, and you see this uh, Twi'lek fat dude that has taken. I want to. What was Twi'lek right? Yeah, uh, Bib. It's Bib Fortuna has put on a few pounds. Okay, it's Bib. Okay, it got is it. Bib. It is Bib. Yes. And you all of a sudden, then you you see him, you know, laughing, doing his doing his uh, I'm I'm a bad gangster thing, and then the stairs, and you get the shadow coming down the stairs. You hear the blaster fly, fire, and then all of a sudden you see Fennec come down. And she just open fires, opens fire on everybody, and just, I mean, just lays waste, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And and Boba is trailing close behind, but yeah, she they kill everybody except yeah. the Twi'lek slave girl, who they shoot the chain and tell her to get the hell out. Get the hell out, and then they take. <laughs> and then and then Boba is seen by Bib and Bib is Boba. I thought you were dead. We'd heard stories and rumors. Um, you know, like basically small talk. How you doing, buddy? And Boba like, you ain't no friend of mine. Yep. And he's like, <laughs> boom. And then you see freaking Boba. Just dude, straight up sit down on Jabba's throne. 
and Fennec grabs a some drink of some kind behind him and sits down on the arm. Yeah, a bottle of booze and you get the freaking title screen come across December 2021. The Book of Boba Fett. Oh, and that is that is how season 2 of The Mandalorian ends. Now, why people are are suggesting that this is going The Mandalorian is going to change to the the show we were we were promised the boba show and well it was suspected it wasn't it wasn't promised but it well was and they were said well except they there was confirmation that it was filming no start- i mean dude i read an article from tamura that he did for vanity fair or somebody like three days ago and they asked him point blank, "Is there? A, are you getting your own spinoff? And he said, well, they haven't contacted me yet. They haven't done anything. Um, but hopefully, he goes, hopefully I get to keep doing this because I'm having the time of my life. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of the same sort of uh, stuff we've seen from this show, from people, rumored castings and things like that, where they're asked pointed questions and they're, they're like, I don't know what you're talking. In the same way. Like Katie Sackhoff said, oh, I'm only on one episode this season. I'm only right. there once, you know. I mean, yeah, it's one and done. Hopefully, maybe next maybe next year I can come back and play again. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, they, uh, for as many, you know, like the rumored castings and all that that we saw leak out over the course of the show being made, their biggest secrets were kept. And yeah. that's impressive in this day and age that yeah. that none of the big surprises leaked out at all. No, um, no. And then, I mean, and he, they even credit at the end in the credits, they credit Mark Hamill. They um, did credit Mark Hamill, yeah. So and then he, it, he, uh, he, uh, he put out a fun tweet He uh, today. It said, uh, so, uh, anybody see anything good on television? <laughs> I, it's Mark Hamill being Mark Hamill, and it's like I just love that guy. Oh, that's so much. awesome! Seriously, he is, he is an American treasure. He um, really is. Oh my god! But uh, um, yeah, so December December twenty twenty one was in the investor call. They said that's when Mando season three is coming out, and mm-hmm. now this Boba Fett show, the Book of Fett, is also coming out December twenty twenty one. So one of two things is happening. And we're they either... did not give us on the investor day. They did not give us a, uh, a trailer or a, a placard for Mando season three. I mean, they didn't give one for a book of Boba Fett either. Nope, they didn't. Which is why but there's they, something I mean, they... going on there. Well, I don't know me, what something. Yeah, I don't. I. I mean, do they need to give us a placard for the Mandalorian? We know what the title card looks like, and the the whole thing about I Boba. <laughs> I mean, they were obviously they. This was a long planned surprise. I mean, right. So they weren't going to reveal that in the investor call. Um, although I wonder how many people shut the show off immediately after watching it and didn't catch that in the credits and then read about it on social media and then went back to watch it. It had to have been a, a decent percentage, right? Um, I normally don't watch it, and yeah, I was, I caught it on. I mean. Well, it's I why scroll I texted through you. Them. I scroll it's why through I texted you, dude. I was like, "This is big. You need to, you need wow. to watch the credits." I'm, that's um, why. I mean, 
at that time of the morning, normally I wouldn't send a text to anybody unless it was an emergency. And I mean, this was an emergency. emergency. Yeah, it it qualified. It qualified. It qualified. It was it was big enough that it needed to be it needed to be done. Um, So I'm 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 not sold on the fact that they're making season three, the Boba Fett show. I can understand the reasoning being offered. Um, but it's on the only, the only big reason I'm going in that direction is, you know, the show is called the Mandalorian, not the Mandalorians. You know, it's not, it's never been an anthology show about multiple Mandalorians. It's about Din Djarin. And we knew at some point in one way or another, the the Grogu storyline would have to wrap up in a certain way. And we also know that given the events that happened with Bo-Katan, that they now have a storyline and that they're going after Mandalore. They're going to go and try to take the planet back. And there's a matter of the Darksaber hanging in the air. Um, and they didn't, I mean, they, and they specifically put up a title, the book of Boba Fett. All right. So is it going to be the Mandalorian colon, the book of Boba Fett, or is it just the book of Boba Fett? I don't see why they wouldn't say in that title card that they showed us that it's the Mandalorian season three colon, the book of Boba Fett. And I, this is where I kind of, I, I, I could be wrong, dude. I could be totally wrong, and I wouldn't be upset. Remember how I said at the beginning I could see two ways, and we are, we're open to all speculation? What I meant with that was I totally see them going a certain way with, obviously, the Mandalorian, but Boba Fett was absent, obviously, from the entire fight and battle scene. Fennec was there. Boba wasn't. He was off in slave one. Um, and then on top of it, the other part that you really see is Boba already states once to Bo-Katan that he's not a Mandalorian. Yes. That, um, I was actually going to bring that point up myself is he's a self-proclaimed and not a Mandalorian. So why would they have a show called the Mandalorian featuring a character who said in a previous season that he's not a Mandalorian. Right. And, and then Boba Fett has uh he does take over the Hut cartel on Tatooine, doesn't he? I mean that was in Legends, that's one of the things he did. Um, Am I wrong? I I'm not intimately familiar with that portion of his story. Um I I think he actually might have wiped them out. Okay, well, and I mean, um, not because like they... then he, in in the Legends books, he also went on to reform the Death Watch, and made peace with Han Solo, and helped the Republic defeat the Yuuzhan Vong. Um, right. So there's there's a huge there's a huge amount of room for him to develop in a way separate than from the Mandalorians, and I I kind of feel like they have sent set a trajectory for that and a separation of the whole thing um for Boba Fett to do that so it, I, and he they he already has supporting cast with uh uh, uh Ming-Na Wen 
Yes, Ming-Na Wen. Um, in, in Fennec's character. So, uh, you know, I... While it definitely... Definitely we could see, like, sagas and chapters in the book of The Mandalorian, there's part of me that says that they made a specific amount of... Or took a certain a specific amount of time to separate the two, and I don't know what we're going to be getting from the Mandalorian because we also have it's like Mara and Thrawn and Ezra Bridger and all these things and Ahsoka. So in that in the Ahsoka show, I think that there's room for Boba as long as you separate him from Mandalorian. And yes, which I mean, they've clearly done at this point. He's not interested in helping them take Mandalore back. No, or he would or he would still be with them. Right. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I just I we're either going to get super blessed with two amazing shows in December or the or the December 2021 release date that was given for the Mandalorian season three was a little bit of a sleight of hand. Yeah, um, because I, it was I, this time last year that season one wrapped up, and they got season two out um, in October of this year. Right. So I can that would be a perfect a perfect run up is Mandalorian season three in October, running up to um, the book of Boba to, Fett. The, Bo- the book of Boba Fett. So, and I think that would be a I think that would be a good idea, and I I feel like at this point in time the boba storyline and the mandalorian storyline they do split so you know the only way you could do you, the only way you could do an anthology kind of so show or a series based kind of like under one cover with multiple books would in my mind be if you end up bringing boba fett back around to saying i am a mandalorian yes but the only way i think you really do that is if you really hit the Django lines of things and the the fact that Django was the foundling for for the Mandalore the last one yeah um for and Jaster that, Jaster Merrill right and then that creates an entire different dimension to to where we are right now so i could kind of see almost like this boba fett thing where he grows and then he, like I said, you get this Mandalorian that that keeps getting attacked by, say, Bo-Katan and then Boba Fett, and they lose their fights against the Mandalorian, uh, Din Djarin, and they pledge loyalty to him at that point in time, acknowledging his role. That's, that would be the only way I would feel like you could kind of merge the shows under that one kind of book. Otherwise, just fucking go off in different directions and do its own thing. Because Boba Fett, at this point in time, I feel they've made clearly stand on his own. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm until... And I'm sure we'll get an answer promptly. I'm sure they're going to want to clarify that and be like, no, it's separate things. But So, hopefully next episode we'll have a clear answer. Um and why announce season three at the same time you're announcing? I mean, you can you can launch season. They can announce season three the same way they announced when, because we didn't know when season two was going to be airing up until what was it April? 
uh, or later. Yeah, they yeah. they. I mean, I think COVID complicated their final production a little bit. You know, with the you know the the CGI and the the special effects it need finished, but um, yeah, they got it done. They got it done really well. So, um, and now, but, I mean, I think we have a clear storyline for season three. Is going to. Or maybe even beyond season three, it's going to revolve well, around. Them. Wasn't he saying like five seasons? Five seasons was the I think the original plan, but I mean they could do more, they could do less, but I don't I don't think we'll get any less than five. This is this without is, Gideon dead, without Pershing really answered. There's so many up in the air questions that I cannot see them completely closing the door. Nor do I see it the obviously the last that we're going to see of Grogu, but I don't, I mean, he's with Luke now, which is in itself huge because I mean, you were talking about it potentially being that moment in rise of Skywalker where Luke and Leia are training that you see them both become aware almost of something that being time wise could have, I, I think it's set up really identical to, the the scenes the or whatever the the what was he on on tython anyway the jedi i don't know i don't think they were to me it looked like they were on endor just from the trees that that looked it looked a lot like that oh no i mean but grogu was on grogu was on tython with the the temple but luke and leia were like yeah on the rock um, but Luke and Leia, oh, yeah, well, were I mean, they, or they, wherever they, they were. I mean, they said in Rise of Skywalker that, um, you know, that Leia had a vision of her son. But um, I mean, this I, obviously Grogu going with Luke has some implications attached to it based on the sequel trilogy, and a lot of people are expressing fear and dismay on the internet. That okay, so um, Grogu's gone with Luke. According to the sequel trilogy, we know what happened to Luke's temple that the Jedi were once again wiped out in their infancy by you know a student turning bad. Can I say something though? Can I finish first? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, so people are scared of what's going to happen to Grogu, and rightfully so. We've spent two years getting attached to him. Um, I, I have a very strong opinion and it might be a popular one. It might not be, but I, I feel as if this would be the optimum time for Lucasfilms and Disney or whoever makes these kind of decisions to either retcon or completely turn into legends and non-canon the sequel trilogy because they've milked the sequel trilogy for all they're ever going to milk out of it daisy ridley is not interested in being ray anymore and grogu has become the darling of the star wars universe and filoni and favreau took massive steps in giving us the luke we deserved to get that JJ and Ryan Johnson did not give us. I am hoping soon we will hear that exact thing. And they take this opportunity to tell stories of, of Luke 
and Leia and Han and, and Chewie in one way or another. Um, by by uh, by essentially undoing the the sequel trilogy, it needs to be done. One, it's amazingly it, it, those movies are completely divisive for the community. I've never you it's it's a fifty fifty split in my mind down the middle whether you like them or don't. Or I, I like this one and I don't like this one and I liked parts of this one and you know I mean they have a chance to rewrite history and I know it's weird making stuff non-canon but they've done it already <laughs> so why not do it again and why not take this fresh chance that they that they made to 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 do it right you know i mean i i see i don't i and i can i totally can see what you're saying i don't have uh i can't say i'm completely invested in the tr- the sequel trilogy really at all and it can be i guess in some ways a low point for say the skywalker saga overall i think though if you just completely lay it to rest right now i am so thankful for what filoni and favreau did to for luke that you see Grogu now has a chance not to be at Luke's temple. Grogu could be Luke's first student. And after 20 years, be out in the universe on on his own. With Sans Luke. And Luke is off doing Luke's hermit thing because of the temple and all that. And you can have that storyline play out. It's there. It's I mean, and, and it sucks. And it is what it is. It's the end of Luke. It's, the, it's the, how Luke Skywalker dies. Now, in the meantime, what can definitely be said is you, they can write a whole lot of stuff in the in-between. That, that salvages the character and never have to even mention the, the sequel films ever again. Just know that that's horribly how they end. Um, and then, meanwhile, go off in a completely wide direction with Grogu and Luke's first student. And if anybody's like, well, what happens to, oh, yeah, we know what happens to Luke. Okay, we're just going to ignore that. Now we're off on this brand new Star Wars direction that is it's free from the Skywalker saga. Other than the fact that Luke was the founder of this new order that Grogu started because it was Luke's teachings that, that ultimately <laughs> that Grogu is, is spreading, is learned on, and... Expanding. Well, I mean, so I would be good either way. Is my is my thing is I I couldn't care less. I'm just excited about the fact that, regardless of whether or not you retcon them, Star Wars now has a future that it didn't have before. Daisy Ridley or not, you have Grogu who can be teaching a brand new generation of Jedi in a Palpatine free empire or universe well, uh, i mean so i mean the only the only issue i mean that i'm seeing with um i guess with your your theory or your line of events or you know i mean your option i mean whatever you want to call it is 
It's uh, what say roughly twenty years, mm-hmm. probably until Luke's temple is destroyed. Now Grogu is fifty, and he's still basically an infant. Is he going to be ma- matured enough I in twenty years? So because I don't, uh, I no, don't because uh, there. I was looking back at both canon for Yoda and Yaddle and. By the time they're a hundred years old, both of them had mastered, had become masters of uh, in, in of uh, the Force and master Jedi's. Right, but so we're talking he would be seventy. Yeah, at the time of the sky, that's which would not make me feel if, like no, so he's going to have a rapid acceleration and he's going to grow more in twenty years than he grew in the previous fifty. I'm having a hard time buying it. I, you know, I don't know. So, that's just it. I don't know how to. I don't know how that species develops. Well, no, no, nobody does. Nobody knows anything. We don't even know what the species is named. Still, right. Uh, and so I just after go three off prominent of the... characters, we still know <laughs> next to nothing about them. It's frustrating. So I yeah I'm just going off of what the stories the canon information about the other two's development is which and isn't canon anymore no that no, was it all is. legends books no that was all legends books the only the only stuff that is still canon is the they got rid of all of that even mm-hmm. if it was a novel set during the time of the Clone Wars it was thrown away. The Young Yoda adventure books that were out long time ago, the Young Yoda video game, all that stuff, all that I, information, it was all thrown out. They I literally want to say kept the new the comics mo- that are coming out, and there, there, there's some, there are bits and pieces of it all. And I mean, maybe, maybe, but I mean, they, they literally, they, they kept, they kept the, the, the movies. And they kept the the Clone Wars animated series. That was it. They threw everything else out. Everything. And what's really interesting is now that rather than the the High Republic being set two hundred years, it's what you noted that when we were talking is that was two thousand years before, which means well, I've seen it. I that's I, before Yoda. I, now I'm still seeing. I'm still seeing it at two hundred now. Oh, okay. I think that was a typo. I think that article ah. was a typo. I think it had a typo because okay. everything. I every other source I've ever seen about the High Republic is saying two hundred years, and I mean. I just need to get the fucking book, um, which I <laughs> right. said last week. But I mean, now I just I need to sit down and do it because I mean, well, I the Mandalorian's the done for the season, so you, you we got time now. Well, I've got we've and got we, we've got a little under a month till Wandavision comes out. So yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I just I they clearly are giving Favreau and Filoni. And I don't know if it's Kathy Kennedy or if, if it's the people above Kathy Kennedy, but they're clearly giving these gentlemen the freedom they deserve to tell the stories they want to tell. And Filoni, above all, is connected to the story and connected to the fans and connected to the lore. I guarantee you he's read every single expanded universe thing that they ever made and is probably got it memorized yeah right and it's the combination can, of the two of him i can and Filoni, only imagine i know he will never say anything publicly about how he really feels about the handling of the characters in the sequel trilogy but i can't imagine he's super thrilled 
And if they're given freedom and they and they're able to say like, hey, look, we it wasn't our intention or it wasn't your intention. But, you know, by hook or crook or whatever happened when these sequel trilogies were made, we divided the fandom. And it's the most important thing that we could do for the fandom is to bring it all back together, which we're doing with the Mandalorian. But let's go all the way. I, I think they either need to retcon somehow the sequel trilogy or get rid of it all together and make it Legends. Um, call it a forced dream of Luke's or whatever. There's a million MacGuffins they can use. Um, or use Ezra Bridger's time travel to undo it. That's another possibility. As much as I hate the Forge I don't of hate, Destiny or whatever it is, I don't hate the MacGuffin of time travel. I mean, and I mean they used it excellently in Avengers Endgame and in you know a realistic way, I guess. And I did air quotes right there. I know you can't see it because I'm not on video, but I, they have a golden opportunity to to write the ship completely and. I, I think it's almost their responsibility to do so because, I mean, they're not – that sequel era is, is done. Nothing else is going to come of it. And, you know, the one, the one good thing that people dug about Rise of Skywalker in particular was the redemption of Ben Solo, but then they killed him. I mean, if, if they had kept Ben Solo alive – I would be more in support of the sequel trilogy era moving forward as is, but they didn't. They killed him. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there are lots of questionable and iffy and crappy things that the the sequel trilogy gave us, and I, yeah, why, I think why? the hardest part about it is that I keep hanging on to that. I am the only reason I hang on to it is is what I said before and we talked about it a little bit it's Carrie Fisher and I know that that her daughter can do the they've done it before with the in the Rise of Skywalker the CGI in her and making her daughter uh, a young Leia that they could do other things like that I just or even do what they did in Rise of Skywalker and use reuse footage because if it's all green screened then they can change the background and just use the scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. In any order they fucking want to use the scene. So I just, that's what I really don't want to lose was my Carrie Fisher, my tribute yeah. and my nod to her. And that's, that yeah, no, is the I'm, only I'm, reason I'm, I hold on to it. I'm, I'm definitely with you there. I am. Um, the 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 sentimentality, especially attached to Carrie Fisher, is you know, which I mean, is she what was, breaks my she heart. was my she was my first crush, you know. Yeah, um, as we a little kid, about... we were talking about that. So I get it. But I here, totally, but here, but I hold get on, where but you here, are coming hold on, from, but here, dude. Here's the other side of that coin. Here's the other side of that coin, and we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, um, with the Lando show. Is you know we we came up with the the suggested idea of what if the Lando show is Billy D Williams as like a narrator mm -hmm. and then Donald Glover, you know, he's telling stories of his youth, of his adventures and then Donald Glover 
reprising the the young Lando role, the as visual seen, role of it, as seen in Solo. I mean, so we we've already gotten a new actor cast as Lando. We've had a new actor cast as Han Solo in the in the younger forms. Whether or not you dig on the Solo movie or if you think it's the worst Star Wars movie, I mean, your opinions are yours. But there is a, a precedent for the recastings. And with the rumors of Sebastian Stan being brought in to play a young Luke. Um, I wouldn't be against a young, uh, li- like I said, a daughter playing even a young Leia I, I, without even CGI. Yeah, I would be okay with that. I would be good with that. I, I just and don't want to lose think, the work that Carrie Fisher put in. And but it, but I mean, is there the the best way that we have of honoring Carrie Fisher without using CGI and recycling stuff? Is to make is the character let, amazing and have is uh, to make her amazing and have her daughter clothes, but have her daughter do it. Yeah, her daughter Carrie Billy Lord is Carrie Fisher's legacy in real life. That's her, that's her offspring. So why, you know, in the way that, you know, uh, what did I Deacon Fry is taking up singing his dad's songs for the Eagles, Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy picking up the princess Leia mantle for an entirely new generation coming forward would be a, a wonderful tribute to both Carrie and princess Leia. And it would be worth them considering. It really would be. Because the the movies we always wanted but never got was the, what happened right after Return of the Jedi? What happened? What's the, what's the continuing struggles? Because, yes, the Empire was beaten at Endor, but it's not gone. What happened next? What happened next? We never got that except in books. And then Disney, when they bought it, said, bye-bye books. Now they're pulling here and there and bits and pieces and inspiration to make stuff, and I'm all for it. But they have an opportunity to 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 right the ship, and they have they have the means, and and they have the means to do it in a in a respectful fashion. You know, I mean, we we've had how many different James Bonds in just your and my lifetime? Four, five. Right. And I, it's not, no, it's not the, the younger it's, it's, I think it's that I want to see also it's, it's like Mark Hamill and old Luke. I want to see how obviously Luke is going to either retire or go into to, you know, what's going to happen to him in the future. Just like Carrie, like Leia, I want to know what happens to her in the future. And so Either we're going to have to wait for these new characters to take over the roles to get to that point where we can see the old them old ultimately, unless they do CGI, um, like like Luke is now, like Mark Hamill is is the older, but time wise he's the right age, and just like Carrie Fisher was, and so that's kind. Of, I don't want to lose that that closure bit that we got with Carrie Fisher. Even though the closure sucked, yeah, um, I wanted I mean, better they, closure. But at the same time, I don't want to lose that closure. And I don't think that a younger actor could pull off those closure that closure as well as, say, Carrie Fisher in the role. But unless but they could, but they could thirty maybe, years from now. But they could maybe use what they already have and adapt it. To I'd give be okay us with a that. Sense of closure. 
I mean, they, I mean, take all of those all of her scenes and put her into the first movie and on <clears throat> and give us the give us a, a reverse of what the the Force Awakening gave us with Han dying, uh, have Leia die. <laughs> Kind of thing. I, in a they, I mean, they, they're capable of doing a lot of amazing stuff. They really are. I would take um, that. I, I, so they, that's they my could biggest. do it. And and if anybody could could figure out the way to do it the right way, it's going to be Favreau and Filoni. And you know, I mean, or what about even just a freaking uh, uh, scene where old Luke narrates with the young Luke and Leia, and new actors taking over, and then every now and then you get. Uh, scene where it's old Luke and it's all cut in between the 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 scenes that Leia fi- that Carrie Fisher filmed for Leia from the from the movies they cut those in to tell a completely new story. <laughs> I mean they show. they could they could do it whether with reusing footage CGI or both they can definitely do it. It's it, it can I would be, be done. for that. And then it, at that it point retcon or drop them. Just I mean. A freaking Here, Justice League did it. Yes, just they just made the Joss Whedon version of Justice League, and they're League talking non-canon. about doing it for and re and releasing uh, the other the other theatrical release for Suicide Squad. Oh, the yeah, the David Ayer's cut. That'd yeah. be cool. Uh, apparently, it was a so, completely different movie. And he said the, the Joker m- scenes were ten times better than what we they were we got with the suicide yeah yeah um here's i honestly what where i think it is going to hinge on completely Mm -hmm. is if if we in fact do get the sebastian stan casting for young luke skywalker i think that would be a pretty good sign that we're going to be seeing some sort of retconning or changes coming um, I can only hope, and so we'll do. We'll we'll keep our eyes open and watch for that. All I know is yeah. with Grogu and Luke right now, regardless of what you want to look at, I'm positive that Grogu is going to be obvious. Luke's take your pick: uh, first student, second student, asterisk on Leia. Um, second, yeah, it would in the current in the way what in the way currently we know what goes down. Leia would be his second student, or his first student, excuse me, and then. But she didn't then, become but, a Jedi, though. So does well, she, she count? She, she, well, yeah, she counts. <laughs> she, she's, she, she trained. She built a lightsaber. Yeah, she, but she didn't become a Jedi, so she doesn't well, count. I, she walked away from being a Jedi, so she doesn't um, count. <laughs> so Ahsoka doesn't count. No, Ahsoka. Okay, Ahsoka does not count. <laughs> Anakin never had a had an apprentice. No, Star Killer. All right, you you said it. You said uh, it. didn't Ahsoka happen. doesn't count. She doesn't okay. count. <laughs> I counter. How how is how how do you go from five minutes ago whining about honoring Carrie Fisher's legacy to then saying Princess Leia doesn't count? Come on, man. Oh, she counts. She counts as a, as a rebellion hero. She's just not a Jedi. Oh, I mean, that's up to her. She didn't, t- dude. She wasn't like she didn't do the do the you know the the what is it uh um. The cap and gown, like she yeah. didn't, she didn't throw her cap up into the There's air. There's no blood brother kind of thing going on. She didn't cut her hand open and and squeeze out some blood and. I mean, I didn't drink even. It. I, I'm a Star Wars nerd, and I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, dude, totally. Cut your hand with a lightsaber, and then you drink the blood. I mean, that would cauterize it, but. 
and there would be no blood. Well, you know, you were just getting into like specifics that you know. I mean, I mean that I'm I'm. So what you got to do is cut off your own hand. Well, I'm and, I'm flashing to a uh, to uh, to a now legends book <laughs> um, about uh, is called I Jedi, and it focuses a lot around Corrin Horn, who was the grandson of a Jedi or a survivor of the old Jedi who was never fully trained, who like he goes through this amazing scene of building a lightsaber out of what he has available and like talking through the process. And then the second he ignited the lightsaber that he built by hand, uh, he said that made him complete and he was Jedi in kind of the same way that Vader acknowledged Luke's growth when he checked out Luke's new lightsaber and was like, your training is complete. Uh, so when they make their own lightsaber, that's like, boom, Jedi, whether you want to be or not. That's kind of their graduate. I mean, Leia walked away from it. I would consider no, her. No, she was. She would. She could have been a part of the reason why I say the asterisk is just because she didn't take the training. But yeah, Grogu's number two. Well, it's she took just, the training. She didn't take the role. She didn't take the role, and that that's only why I put an asterisk by it. Is she did? She I mean, was it's, a Jedi. It, it's he, fair. She, he trained it's her. Fair. It's fair. She was trained, and she was good. I mean, but she just didn't she take- obviously you know wanted to be like in the books. Her path in the books was. Luke was training her, but slowly, but she was so wrapped up in the politics of the new Republic and being a leader in the new Republic that she was like, I can't do both. And I, I'm more useful to the galaxy as a leader of the new Republic than I would be as, as a Jedi. And then in the end, when, you know, after the Yuuzhan Vong came and the, and the government had to be reformed, she stepped away from that and completed her training. Mm-hmm. And built a lightsaber with a, with a red blade, actually. Oh, wow. A ruby-colored blade, if I'm remembering correctly. So not like the, not the Sith red, but a different color red. Like almost a, a pink. A unique crystal yeah. um, at that point. But, I mean, any way you want to look at it, fear for, for our baby Yoda aside... Um, Star Wars future as of today is looking brighter than it's looked in a long time. And, and we, even we thought new it, stories just based on Grogu, dude, I would be. Yeah, we thought it was bright last week with all the announcements. And then we got we got the double whammy of today's episode and the Boba Fett announcement. Um, yeah, Holy shit. I, I'm excited to see where it goes. And, you know, dude, I thought there was a chance that this episode was only going to be like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And. We're we're pushing three again, but I mean, if there's if there's a back to back set of episodes to go three hours plus on, it's definitely warranted in the last uh, the last. Dude, our of last weeks. three episodes we've talked about, we've nailed some stuff. So there's a reason. You, you, if you haven't listened to us already before, and you, this is your first time, there's a reason to do it. If you've been a listener, you already know why we're you good listen. guessers. We're um, we're. We can we can see the hints, and we're, we're we were talking decent. about young Luke here yeah. weeks ago, guys. Like two weeks we're, ago, we're decent. We're decent at sussing stuff out, and you know we we've hit the nail on the head a few times. Um, but you can you can please please check out our social media, Twitter, um, Facebook at the Broom Boys, or look up the House of MTVG. You'll find us. Please give us follows, likes, shares. We'd appreciate it. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Rate and review the pod. Share the pod with your friends and families. You know, I mean, we, me and me and Guy, we're 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 working stiffs. We have real jobs. You know, we're not getting paid to do this. We're doing this because we love it. Um, and you know, eventually, we're hoping to maybe get paid and make this uh, a, a different career path. But uh, you know, that's for the future, and that's uh, you know, that is what it is. But. In, that's not why we're here. I mean, we're we're it's it's uh, it's a project of pass, passion. It's it's two oh eight a.m. on the East Coast for me right now. So I'm almost going on. I'm at twenty two hours straight of being awake to record this episode. Um, and, and if you look if at you, how many hours we've put in on all of our recordings, it's really quick to see. I mean, yeah, thirty shows I, uh, and two to three hours per show, guys. And yeah, I mean, if you, if any of the emotion that I felt for this episode um, translated in me in me talking about it, um, you get an idea of what Star Wars means to me. Um, it means a lot to me. It's deeply connected in my memories of my youth with my family. Um, Return of the Jedi was the first movie I ever saw in a theater. And Star Wars was some of the first movies we had when we got our first VCR when I was a little kid. And remember um, what we talked about earlier with Buddy and where he lives and how his cable situation worked growing up. Well, I'd ha- I didn't have a cable situation. That's my point. That's we watched why those a lot movies of VHS. Were so we much more a important. A lot of VHS. And I don't mind saying we rented another VCR to uh, make bootlegs because that's how that worked back then was you were you played off of one and recorded on another and there was nothing to stop you from doing it except the, the <laughs> F, except for the FBI warnings at the beginning. $250,000 fine, 10 years in prison. We're, <laughs> we're out in the middle of nowhere. FBI, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this episode... Um, yeah, uh, so the Mandalorian I mean, was fantastic, and uh, I I'm so excited to see where we go from here because the future of Star Wars, the just after Return of the Jedi, the stuff that we wanted to see, the galaxy being reshaped, all those, it's it's they're giving it to us. It's here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, unfortunately, we have a little bit of a wait to see more, but it'll uh, it'll go by in a blink of an eye. Um, yeah, we got some great but, stuff uh, coming out in the meantime. The man, but, uh, the WandaVision and the Winter Soldier and all the other good stuff. And then Loki, yeah, and oh, uh, and and and, um, and uh, yeah, some animated stuff. But uh, speaking of the future, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, the Mandalorian has been kind of our meat and potatoes for the past uh, past couple of months. Um, going forward, episode wise, you know, uh, we will obviously talk WandaVision and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, we're we're a week out from Christmas Day. Um, I'm not going to be incredibly busy. It's just going to be me and my immediate family, my wife and my son. I'm sure you're going to have uh, interactions with with your extended family since you all live there uh, next to each other. But uh we, I imagine we will sit down to record sometime next weekend. Uh, and we do have two exciting things coming out between now and then. 
that we will be able to talk about. The first being they announced an hour-long Disney gallery special for this season of The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. uh, premiering on Christmas Day. And we have Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max, Max. Christmas yep. Day. So my homework is to watch both of those. And we can sit down and record our Christmas special full of joy, merriment, mirth, and, uh, you know, and Disney Gallery and, oh, sweet, delicious, lovely Gal Gadot. Oh, that's what they should do. They should get Gal Gadot to play play, uh, Princess Leia. That's what they should do. That wouldn't be bad, but I'd still like, I mean, Billy Lord would make me happier, but that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I was joking. I'm just, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm in love with Gal Gadot and, you know, and Uh, Gina Carano. Yeah, Gina Carano. Anyway. You know, those women are incredible. So, but. And Katie Sackhoff, too. Dude, the list can go on and on and on. There are lots of beautiful women out there. That'll be that'll be next week's episode for sure, and then uh, at that point, I think we'll have three weeks till WandaVision, and hopefully this Disney Gallery thing isn't just a one shot because they did a whole like whole, eight episodes yeah, last, last year. Time. So I'm hoping it's the same thing, and they this kind of went like over every episode. episode, right? Dude, and honestly, those those galleries, if you haven't watched the, those, go and watch them. They are wonderful. Worthwhile. And the insights provided are incredible. To see um, how they're doing it alone is just, it's awe-inspiring. It's really cool. Well, and to hear Filoni's speech about Star Wars and Bryce Dallas Howard's speech about Star Wars, is it's, it's worth hearing from their mouths. Yeah. But so, uh, we, check it we out. will see you guys roughly in a week or so. Um, you know, holidays are coming. Make sure you're you're holding your loved ones close and enjoying this uh, this time of the year with them. It's always a special time of the year. Uh, happy Kwanzaa and Happy Hanukkah, uh, and of course Merry Christmas. But we'll we'll obviously say Merry Christmas a bunch on the Christmas special next week. Uh, but for now, I'm straight up brain dead because you know 22 hours awake. right i i see little blue squigglies on my screen which i know are are voice waves but uh, other than that everything else is kind of (laughs) blurry well on that note then from guy and buddy we have spoken